Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value payment, giving value's contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to hate it. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. Pickleball. That's yeah. what they're Fastest Everybody's yeah. talking about it. So anyways, today's guest, special guest, if you ever watched Entourage, my dad and I that say uh, we watched Laker games together, we watched Entourage together, and it was mandatory. And the man who created Entourage is on the podcast today, Doug Ellen. Doug, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes. So we were, we were talking about a bunch of different stuff. There's breaking news. Tyler's about to tell us something happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband. We're going to talk about Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Mm. We're going to talk about conditions of Hollywood, L.A., California, your thoughts on Kanye. A lot of stuff is going on, back to back to back. Lots happening. Yes. Uh, and last night, you said you had a, uh, a long day uh, <laughs> at a, a professional semi-pro pickleball tournament. Yeah, I mean, this is real deal. I mean, uh, Danny Werfel has this charity, uh, Desire Street Ministries, and he put together this event, which is incredible. Kevin Anderson, who's top five ATP tennis tour in the last oh, five years. Of course, six. everyone knows pickleball yeah. legend Kevin no, Anderson. He's no tennis oh, legend. Tennis. I mean, Kevin this Anderson is tennis. But by the way, do you know who Danny Werfel is? The name he, re- he referenced for extra cool points. Anyone? Danny Anyone? Werfel. Wow, in Florida, University you guys don't know. Florida. He, was, he was a quarterback. He's been trophy right. winner, yeah. Florida Gators. He's a Gino yeah. Toretta yeah. era, right? He's uh, from when Gino was playing for Miami. Yeah. Uh, Danny's what, a little bit younger. What year say. did he did he play? Late nineties or two thousands? I would say mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. Gino's I would say late nineties. Gino's the yeah. same era. Yeah, uh, I Dan, Danny, you know, is probably top five NCAA quarterbacks of all time. And uh, so it was, it was a it was a pro am, but it was serious. Com- Rick Barry, Hall of Fame uh, NBA player, you yeah. know, uh, I think he's got a higher shooting percentage from the, the foul line and Steph well, Curry. He shoot but, like this? Yes, yeah. he did the yeah. underhand shoot. I mean, yeah. but, cheating. But By anyway, the way, was, both his and, sons and he produced made it to the great NBA. shooters. He yeah. produced one of them won a dunk contest. Brent I don't know if you know that, Brent Barry, yeah. Yeah. you know, dunking it. I think from a, a free, throw, free line. throw line. Yeah, yeah, it's a big well, deal. Crazy. He stepped over a little. He's also the only guy to ever win a NBA dunk contest. In the warm-ups. He didn't take he wasn't in a jersey. Yeah, that's right. White boy dunking right. from the free throw yeah. line warm-ups. And by the way, I know everyone's Barry. gonna laugh at pickleball, but trust me, the world is changing. I've been promoting this for five years and yeah. and now it's it's really coming to pass and real athletes are getting involved, professional tennis players, so it's pretty cool. So Pat oh, should buy a team. A hundred percent. I mean what are they going for? What's the it's a million bucks right now, but they're not like offering up a, a, you know twenty of them and uh hopefully we'll I'm I'm trying to get involved, so hopefully for the uh, professional yeah. league, you can buy one for a million bucks. Yeah, I mean the professional league started like a month ago. That's this sick. thing is all exploded, get and LeBron's got one. Tom Brady's got one. Yeah, I'm trying to get one. We'll see. Come on, you um, could do it. You could do it. We'll see. We'll okay. see. And maybe so we it depends how it goes off, today. Off camera, maybe it is. Yeah. Just, it's a million bucks. I mean, it was just, by the way, last rather night, than going to lunch, it, 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 you, you guys, we have to preface what happened last oh, night. Oh Jesus! Because you're saying pickleball. Last night we had Antonio Brown here, sitting in your chair right there. Oh. And we were there for three hours, and it was, <laughs> I want to say, Shit the most, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe awkward. it, first 45. I'm awkward, saying awkward, most heated, yeah. like at any point something could have happened. Yeah. It, it was intense, constant, until the last 45 minutes. For sure. And we talked everything. We talked. Was it enjoyable? <laughs> you have yeah. to see it. It was, it was a, the climax was good. The ending was great because we, we got to... Uh, 
we just got to talking, and it was eventually yeah. fine. But at yeah. first, it was what, extremely intense. What was the, what was the tipping point of crazy to it's okay. turning off? The, it's just taking the uh, headset down. We'll say we'll, take, we'll stop down. this thing right now. Oh, I yeah. got up, got some water. We started just you know. So it was a real, real about, podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was dope. Yeah, it, but it had to get there because it was mm-hmm. it was. But I will tell you this: the audience when they see the podcast, they're not. They're gonna be glued to the screen, saying, "What the <laughs> hell is going on?" Hundred percent. You're gonna be no, no. You're gonna be so confused for yeah. 45 yeah. minutes. You know, you guys got higher budgets than we got because we got a call right when he started acting crazy and said, "Do you want Antonio Brown on your podcast?" Like, yeah, yeah. And please. they said, "All right, we need a bag." And I was like, uh, "A bag?" And they're like, "Yeah, cash." And I said, "How much cash do you want?" They wanted 20 grand for him to come on the podcast mm-hmm. to be on the podcast. Yeah. And yeah, no, he, he might have done less for you. You have a bigger audience. But, yeah. Uh, was it security? But by the way, that is becoming yeah. a business model. The, the part about the, the nowadays, people are calling saying, hey, will you be on my podcast for 10 grand? Will you be on my podcast yeah. for 20 grand? Will you be on? People are now paying to get podcasts. And the bigger, yes, you got to pay more for to have you on your podcast. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's becoming a business model. But yeah, he's an interesting guy. I, I'll say this about uh, Antonio Brown. I got real awkward. Eh? I mean, uh, you've done, I even said, I go, because at one point, he's like, you don't know where I'm from. You know, we were like, Antonio, listen, with all due respect, we've sat down with the killers, mafia guys, okay? The biggest politicians in the world, UFC fighters that kill for a living, like Marines, CIA, with all due respect, like, just going to kind of G-check you for a second. I get it. You're a football player, but like... You know what? It's, it seems like... The- you know they're talking about all the head injuries in the NFL, and it seems right now we're seeing a lot of them go crazy. Oh, you know? so, so and, and I don't so, even make fun of them because yeah. it's sad. That's you know? where yeah the fire. It's in one minute. Yeah, just because of that, thirty minutes of arguing over that comment right there. The yeah, word the word CTE yeah, came up. He yeah. brought it up before us. Very sensitive. And then it just. Yeah. You know what? Awesome. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a sensitive issue for them yeah, because 100%. they don't even realize what's happening. Exactly. You know, and uh, you know, with mental illness awareness right yeah. now, yeah. you know, obviously you can't excuse his behavior mm-hmm. still, but it's it's sad. For what, do you th- what do you think? What's going on with? Because uh, you know, he's still the president of Don the Academy. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown yeah. is the president of Don the. Academy. Yeah, that's a which is school Kanye I want to send my yeah. kids. To, you know? <laughs> I, mean, I definitely want to get him. So, in what, there. Do you, what do you think? What's going on with Kanye? What do you? I mean, he said a lot of different things, but why? Why was this the tipping point? What do you think about what's going on with him? Well, you know what? I, I mean, again. Getting into mental illness, I don't excuse behavior for mental illness. And I also, I'm a Jew, um, but as a Jew, I don't want to make this only about Jews because I think this country is becoming so polarized with everything. And anytime someone speaks like this, everybody should speak up, whether it's about Muslims, whether it's about police officers, mm-hmm. it's all the same stuff. And and so what do I think is going on with Kanye? I think he's having some type of bipolar episode, but who gives a shit? It's like, you know, he's... he. And again, uh, you know, somehow this became a free speech issue. Mm-hmm. Speak all you want, and everybody else should speak also, and I should have the right to not buy your fucking crappy sneakers and do whatever else. But, um, you know, it, it's it's sad to see because what, what happens is, and I see it, I have a lot of friends who are police officers in L.A., and there's real-world consequences to this stuff. Kids get threatened at schools, and some guy walking down the street gets punched in the face, and, and um, Nazis are on the 405 so, uh, again, though, just separating it from, because I don't want to just make it all about his comments about Jews, it's just, you know, like, we're in this we're in this place right now, in this state where everybody wants to make the groups even worse, and I swear to you, it's so nuts that 
10 years ago, I thought my kids were going to be in a colorblind world. I really was stupid enough to believe that. <laughs> and the last three years, we have gone backwards in ways that is is quite frightening. You think you know? so? You yeah. Think so. Oh, yeah. Tell me why. How do we get there? I think the media. I think the media. You watch both sides of it. I mean, CNN will put every single day how racist the country is, how awful cops are. And, you know, of course there are bad cops. There's bad everything. There's bad football players like Antonio Brown. You know, I mean, there's just bad people everywhere. So and then Fox on the other side, you know, they put Kanye on. They cut out all his anti-Semitic comments. And then, you know, I posted on Instagram. I really didn't think there was going to be any other side to this conversation. I just thought, yeah, I just said, everybody unite. We shouldn't speak badly about any groups, not Indians, not police, not, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden I'm getting this, you're a censorship guy, you're this, and I'm far from a censorship guy. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with Elon and Twitter, um, but I believe in free speech, and um, it's just sad to see a guy with his platform uh, speak like this um, and endanger so many people, you know, and for what? What does he get out of it? I don't I don't know. Do, do you think the repercussions he got, you know, Adidas cuts ties, okay, that's that cost him a couple billion dollars. Uh, Balenciaga, Balenciaga cuts ties, Vogue and a winter cuts ties, drop by CAA, drop by his lawyers, all these Spotify up, you know, their, their downloads are, you know, <clears throat> decreasing and Spotify hasn't made a decision to drop them yet. They're thinking about keeping them. Just like they kept Rogan when Rogan was everybody wanted him to be canceled, restricted from Instagram and Twitter, stadium shows canceled, documentaries shelved, $120 million of cash left. Yesterday he said he's lost everything yeah. and his net worth dropped two billion in a day. Yeah. What was the tipping point? Because he set stuff for a he wore the White Lives Matter. That drove a lot of people insane when he wrote yeah. that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But what's the tipping point? Well, you know, everybody's going to say it's, it's, it's the Jews and we control everything and that's what happened. So, um, you know, I don't know what the tipping point is. And, I, you know, I don't believe he's I don't believe he's got any financial problems and anytime soon. But um, you're not but, thinking about like doing a GoFundMe for the guy. I, I'm, I'm not. not. I'm not. Come just on, thinking if you want to come up with you know? the idea. I paid him. You know, Kanye was on Entourage. I paid him yeah. like uh, 1,100 bucks. So he probably still has that in his. his That's all you had to pay him. Yeah. That- yeah. I mean, honestly, they called us to be on really? the show. So um, that that was how it worked with all our cameos. They came on. So, Every, um, but but it was but everybody wanted to be on. Yeah. Entourage. Like that yeah. was the yeah, show yeah. to be on. Yeah. People probably would have done it for free to be on the yeah, show. Yeah. Well, yeah, the only reason we paid Sag. whatever we paid is yeah. But I mean, first year it was impossible to get any. Anybody. You know, Mark Wahlberg, I almost I didn't know if Mark was going to show up for his cameo in the first episode. I remember. And he going, was the executive producer. Yeah. 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 And I was hilarious. like, Mark, you, are you coming? Are you this? You know, <laughs> ah, busy. You got 1100 bucks for me, Doug? That's I'm how, busy that's how guy. unsure we were when we wow. started. And then by season two, people started calling us. But with Kanye, look, it's a long road. And we'll see how long this lasts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not trying to keep the guy down. He's an incredible talent. Um you know, and I don't want to just see him come out and go, oh, I'm sorry, I'd like to get my money back. And um, I just, you know, you want to see someone be educated and understand how dangerous it is to lump people into groups and any groups. You know, I, you know, he's got problems with, you know, some Jewish music executives. I'm sure there's a million people who do. But when he talks about controlling the media, Rupert Murdoch is the biggest guy in the media by a million fucking miles. He's not Jewish. And you don't normally say, you know, you don't you don't hear, oh, you had a bad interaction with this Catholic guy. You don't go, these fucking Catholics are killing us. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they're doing to us. So exactly. it, it, it's sadly, and why it's so scary for for Jewish people is we're such a small group. 
And somehow it always comes back. And I've been saying it for years. You'll see eventually the right and the left somehow comes together and goes against us. And um, and again, I, st- I really don't want to make it just about his Jewish comments. I think people speaking hate about any groups, mm-hmm. you know, speak out against it. I'm not saying he should be off Twitter. I'm not saying he should be off Instagram or anything else. But I'm not going to go see his concerts, you know, and yeah. I have I have before. I think I think it all started going downhill when, when Trump was in and he started wearing the MAGA hat, and that's where all the publicity and everything came in. But what makes it, like, it, weird is that you don't, you don't see – I've never seen somebody so influential, somebody – a billionaire person with such a platform that has a mental illness that people – like TMZ, everybody, they just want to see him and hear him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, put him in front – more and more and more and more. If you go on TMZ right now, it's just him. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, everybody will put him on. Would, would you <clears throat> put him on? Who, him? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you Absolutely. know, and yeah. I'd, I'd, put him on, I'd put him on our podcast if he wanted to come yeah, on. I won't the, give him the, a bag, but... The, 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 <laughs> the, 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 biggest, the biggest thing is, is, you know, guys have made comments before, anti-Semitic comments before. So, for me, when you hear comments being made, you know, and, and you sit there and you watch it, like, okay, Jimmy Kimmel still's got a show. And back in the days, you know, hey, he dressed like blackface, Carmel. Howard Stern is a rock star. And you want to see what Howard Stern did one time as a skit years ago? Yeah, he had black He's still got a $600 million con, whatever his yeah. con, massive contract. So there's the, the hypocrisy is what's the most but annoying I, thing. I do think it's times. And I, I'm never going to say blackface is okay or something. But I can tell you when I was a kid and I never put on blackface, there's no pictures of me. <laughs> I wanted to be Eddie Murphy so badly when I was a child that I I would dress up as buckwheat for Halloween. Now I did not do blackface, but I can tell you I when I was a 12-year-old kid I had no idea that this would offend people. And what and Howard Stern again, I'm not going to defend Howard Stern, but you know, Robin has been his partner for 30, 40 years and I think Howard Stern is a liberal. I, so part of it is you know, whether you're doing art, whether it's good art, bad art, that's a whole different issue than when you as a person go, mm-hmm. I have a problem with this group of people. I have a problem with Indians. What are you Muslims. talking about? The last three years, everybody's talking about they got a problem with white people. I mean, they're not being canceled. Yeah. You, you got people talking about they got problems with white this and, you know, all these. Uh, and I'm not even white. I'm Iranian. I'm in the middle. I'm not yeah. black. I'm not white. I'm yeah. probably the... One that gets targeted more, being a guy born and raised in Iran. But you, you hear these comments being made about whites. Yeah. Ah, it's totally fine. But you hear the comments being made about the other side. Oh, my yeah. God. So I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying, too, I actually didn't make the comment about Kimmel about him getting canceled. I don't think he needs yeah. to get canceled. I don't yeah. think Howard need, needs to get canceled. I don't think. I'm glad Rogan didn't get canceled. They almost tried to get that guy yeah, to yeah. get canceled. And Spotify stood behind him, and then eventually they didn't. So with Kanye here... He's pushing the envelope extremely. Like, to, to say a comment, what was the comment he used? Uh, uh. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, he says, I'm going to go... Deathcon uh, Death Death 3. Yeah, Deathcon yeah. 3. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's not... You can't a, do that kind of shit. No, you can't. No. But, but by the way, the way you handled that yeah. is the way Musk handled it. And he called him. He says, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. And they had a conversation. I just had a conversation with Kanye. He seems sincere. And, you know, he's going to work on this area. And boom, he kept him on. He but didn't he got cancel. worse. I mean, he got worse. He goes on everything and, and says worse stuff. And again, I'm not suggesting... Who should cancel? And the question is, which I was talking to some friends last yeah. night about it. I mean, Adidas, the company is falling apart as is, and this was an enormous financial loss for them. So I'm sure, forgetting their Nazi past, which they have, mm-hmm. which is the founders to me is, yeah. is somewhat irrelevant, you know, because it's it's I don't believe in the sins of your father should be on this, but I'm sure. There were terrifying discussions inside this company and people who are going to lose their jobs and people mm-hmm. who have to feed their families and all that stuff. So it's hard for me to just go, you know, put myself in a position. Of, oh, you know what? I can make $100 million today with Kanye or I can just go, you know what? I'm going to make a stand. But I, I'm glad that they did. And I don't think that's cancel culture. I think that's going. I don't want you out in front of my company spewing this nonsense and this garbage. Right. And again, I don't, and I understand as an Iranian what you're saying, but the sad thing is with the, the with all the comments when they come after white people and Howard Stern, who I, is one of my favorites. I mean, Howard, he used to have uh, Daniel Carver on, the racist, and the Jews were always the lowest group. We were below everybody. So the weird thing is we kind of look like we're white, but then we're not, really. So yeah. we get into this group where everybody comes <laughs> after mm-hmm. us. And, and you know, but again, I'm just trying to say as, as corny as it sounds, it's like enough grouping any group together. There's you have a problem yeah. with a Jewish guy or an Iranian guy. That's your problem with him. Hundred percent. That's it. That, I'll, I'll make a couple points. Uh, point number one. By the way, you, just so you guys know, we've made history. Yeah, what's it's that? the first time in the history of the podcast we got two Syrians and two Jews. Yeah, oh, wow. exactly. We've yeah. never done well, this. That's, that's actually what I was going to bring up. Oh my ironically god. Ironically enough, who's um, the other Jew? We're a, Adam's Jewish. Nice. On, who's the other Jew? Come on, you know <laughs> who's the other Jew? And I don't like to, you know, <laughs> I don't like to stereotype a but, handsome face like. That. Thank you, brother. The the couple quick points. He's, did you see the interview he did with Lex Friedman? I saw some of it. So I think Lex is an absolute stud. Very just smart thinker, just brainiac, very logical actor. And I've never seen him get emotionally triggered. And he and Kanye did that. Yeah. So when you can do that to the kind of a rational, logical guy, it's testament to that. But he made a very good point. He's like. And this is where they went back and forth, back and forth. He's like, listen, stop with the group stuff. Individuals screwed you over. Use their names. That's how you get even. Bill fucked me. Rick Rubin fucked me. Whoever it is, you can name them. And that's how you get even. And that's how you even the score. Not it's also so ridiculous Jews for this guy. got me. I mean, I mean, these African-American singers in the 60s really did get screwed. And mm-hmm. fu- how did Kanye get fired? He's richer than he was rich. Well, hire a good Jewish like, lawyer to yeah, read your exactly. fucking contract. I mean, just, Point uh, number two. I, t- I, I think that you talked about like Adidas specifically or Balenciaga or Vogue, whatever. I think there's a major difference between a full-on brand, a fashion brand, distancing themselves from you versus a Spotify I'm totally okay. If Adidas wants to do their thing, Balenciaga, do your thing. You don't want him representing your brand. 
but Spotify, that's his music. I'm a, totally against that. Yeah. Like, he, I'm a, I'm against if he's if he's rapping about killing Jews, all right, maybe. Yeah. But he's not. That's not what it is. So I'm fully against that. Yeah. Thirdly, and this is we're talking about Jews and Assyrians. You've dealt with this before, where you went into a room to get a job to be a part of a company, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't we don't do business with uh, Armenians or Assyrians." It just and you're like, "What did I do?" You're like, yeah. "Well, we've had a bad experience." It's like. Judge me by the content of my character, yeah. not by da 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 Martin Luther King. And I think that's ultimately what we're talking about here. Absolutely. You've dealt with this, PBD. Yeah, I mean, look, the, here's, here's the one thing when I was watching AB yesterday. There's, there's a trend. There's a, th- there's a difference between being a troll because it works. Yeah. The business model troll is very effective. Yeah. It's a very, very effective business model to accelerate uh, getting eyeballs. L- look at what Andrew Tate did. He got under people's skins and boom, the most viral man on the internet. No one's getting more eyeballs. than the, the guy does an interview, boom, everybody wants to know what this guy's got to say. But there, there's a thin line. Like Conor McGregor was a very good smack talker until he lost the fight to Dustin Poitier and says, hey, tell your wife to stay out of my DMs, and then boom. Mm-hmm. He crossed the line there when you're talking about trolling. Yeah. There's a line for trolling. Yeah. You don't cross. When him and Mayweather were going at it, great. It sold tickets. We were all curious. Uh, you know, the fight went, what, nine or ten rounds? But he was a professional troller. Mm-hmm. So was Mayweather. So was Trump. So are a lot of these guys. Jake Paul, major troller. Yeah. It's a very, very effective business model. These days. It yeah. is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. generally always been, though. But but the, the way it was done before was in a different way. I mean, Muhammad sure, Ali and everybody, they were just... Robert yeah. Maxwell, you yeah. know, Jelaine's father was a troll going after Murdoch, and Murdoch was trolling mm-hmm. him. This trolling concept with Onassis trolling John F. Kennedy, this is not a new, new thing. Right, but the difference is, if I may... Social media to, has amplified that right, because now you can do your own distribution. You don't have to rely on no question big, about it. You know, but, but big the media. Troll, there's like trolling, troll individuals, and then there is, and then yeah. there is, like you know, it's like you know, sometimes like uh, you, you're you're trying to get attention. You're trying, like, let's just say, sometimes a podcast is not doing good or a show is not doing good. Yeah, and they're like, man, I gotta, I gotta show some boobs. <laughs> I got to show some this. I got to show some butt. I haven't been getting a lot of likes on my Instagram. I got to say some crazy shit to you. And then he's like, no, man. Now now your business model is too reliant on how everybody reacts to you, and you lose authenticity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when you get well, in trouble. Well, that's what I was going to say. All, yeah. all, all, again, I don't know what anybody else does because I've never had that in my brain. I've always tried to be as authentic as I can, and I try to to just speak in a way that, that hopefully speaks to – all groups, because and and we're going to keep repeating the same thing. But you know, you want to troll somebody, you're pissed at somebody specific, troll them specifically. But once you start lumping in groups, it's 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 dangerous. Yeah. But like I said, it's a long road. Part of me thinks Kanye is this is all uh, exactly what you're talking about. He's trolling all of us, and while he lost some money at the moment. He'll be back, and he'll have an album in a year, and it'll be this, and and and, and yeah. it'll be and it'll be huge, you know, provided it's good. Well, and, but before the Jews. Which is the, the, you know, throughout history, they've been a major scapegoat. Yeah. Right now, obviously, over the last couple of years, it's been Asians. Yeah. Oh, you're Chinese. Clearly, you've given everybody COVID. Like, no. Yeah. I'm from Vietnam. I'm yeah. from Hong Kong. Like, stop looping, uh, grouping yeah. me into this. It's a very slippery slope, and it ends up getting uh, where, where it gets very ugly. Nobody did that. Nobody did. Nobody did what? Nobody said, you're Chinese. You're the one that gave me the virus. Are you kidding me? No, stop no. Asian hate was a real thing. No, nobody did that. That so, was... That I, was I, I, that was what? A, no, nobody did. That was a campaign to pin again. The same thing he's been talking about the last three years is to pin blacks against whites, CNN against Fox, 
This is the stuff that they make up that you believe, and you're like, oh, my God. This Nobody did that. No, I, I never went to a person saying, yeah, COVID is because of your fault. But, you didn't because you're not an idiot. No, no, Pat, but, but people did do stop. it. Stop. You, you no, people Pat, is, I, I'm not going to, like, this is a real thing. This is not a real thing. This is, this is what, okay. this, this, by Asian way, people have been beat up because of this. But th- this there, there are actual stories yeah, of that. And, and real life, actual case examples yeah, of these exact scenarios. But why though? But why though? Because some people, no, fringe be, elements no, of society no, no, go, are fucking idiots. To, and they'll take, go to the uh, seed. Give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Go to the seed. Go to the seed. The root of the issue is when a CNN or MSNBC or the media says constantly, this is what's happening, and then there is reaction to it to get the attention. That's why. We can't sit here and naively think people are going around because somebody from the top says COVID COVID came from these guys, and they're blamed. The the same thing can be said when they said COVID is because of Trump's fault. No, COVID is this person's fault. COVID is that person's fault. So we can play that card all we want. The same story can be said on the other side. The the moral of the story is the best thing that Doug just said is the following. I said, he says, I feel like we're going backwards. And I asked, why? He says, media. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You turn on the media, everybody's like, everybody hates each other. We don't. We don't, we don't hate each other, man. We can sit down and have a civil conversation and figure things out. You know, we can sit down. Not everything that happens is because people are judging the other person. One scenario doesn't mean as a million scenarios where, where people are being convinced one instance of a issue happening is happening a million times everywhere. It's not. It's happening here and there. So the more you promote it, it gets to nine people, yep. 100 people, 700 people, 20,000 people. That's how this kind of shit gets started. I don't disagree with yeah. that. I'll say one caveat. It takes a seed to plant a tree. The Oftentimes, media yeah, hear me out here. Oftentimes, a small story, a real story, an actual case example of an Asian guy getting beat up yeah. or a black guy like a George Floyd getting <clears throat> killed, What like that actually happened, the media will water it and water it yeah. and give it fertilizer and grow that shit and yeah. amplify it. Dude, was, but it what, did start with an uh, actual do you, example. Do, do you remember the, the thing that was going viral in the streets of New York where Kids were going around knocking people yeah. out, and oh, it was yeah. called something. Knockout game, I think it was. Knockout was it knockout yeah. game? Old, so. old people, yeah, yeah just clocking so them, sucking Whose them. fault was that? Yeah. So say that incident happened 20 times. Now, all of a sudden, everybody is putting it out there. Now, other kids want to go do it. Now, other kids are noticing. People are becoming celebrities. Yeah. Hey, record me while I'm doing this. You're feeding the machine. Yeah, You're yeah. feeding yeah. the beast. Well, the news is, I, I mean, it isn't even the news anymore. It's just fear-mongering, and, yeah. you know? And, and it's... The, it's Honestly, it's not even new, though. I remember when I moved to L.A., and I'm from New York. You know, I grew up with murders and stuff. And when I got to L.A., everyone's like, they carjack you in L.A. Be real careful. And I remember in L.A., I would drive around Beverly Hills in 1990 and, like, pull up, like, eight feet from a red light so I could fucking escape if anyone attacked me. And it is. You watch the news or whatever they want to call the news, and every five seconds they are showing you something mm-hmm. that you should be scared of. And they're not really giving you any way out of it. They're not giving you, like, news should be, okay, there's a hurricane coming, you might want to get out. Yeah. You know, yeah. not, um, you know, everybody's getting killed every five well, seconds. Well, I don't remember. You, Doug, you're a little bit older than me, but I don't know if you remember, but news used to be a non-monetizable, non-monetizable asset. It was the news, they weren't looking to make money off yeah. of it. It was a it was almost like a free thing for society. And when they started to monetize news, oh, 
we can make money off this. Oh, the bigger personalities and the more sensationalized that we can do things. This is a cash cow. This is a moneymaker. Let's get some people that get eyeballs. And now today with social media and amplification. It's definitely changed, but, and I know everybody loves like Cronkite and stuff, but the reality is it's, it's still, you know, even when you're reporting the news, even if it was 30 years ago, it's skewed by somebody's vision of what they think, of who who's being oppressed sure. yeah. or who's this, what they want to show, whether it was Vietnam or yeah. whatever it was. So yep. um, it's, a, it's a scary thing, but at the same time, we need it because you need access, and that's why free speech is so important. But mm-hmm. right now it's also the really hard thing. I mean, you can just read the New York Times, and then you can go read somewhere else something, the exact same story, and you go, Holy shit. Yeah, that was like I don't know what yeah. to think anymore, except I do know that the Times has got a liberal slant to it, no yeah. matter what they want to claim. So it, it it's a very confusing time and it's a scary time for, mm-hmm. for young people especially. And and you know, I think I think what we're seeing with like the mental illness crisis is because people are so fucked up and they are so kind of lost as to which way to turn yeah. and and hopelessness a little bit i think is entering the equation where you just go what the fuck is the point we can't you know have a normal minute ever so yeah and, and don't forget speaking of like legacy media back in the day it was three major outlets yeah abc nbc cbs and then fox yeah. showed up in the 90s it's like who are these new guys on the block yeah right yeah. and that and now there's 10 billion different channels. Go get whatever you want. There's CNN something for the you. Yeah. CNN changed the game. Ted Turner is a legendary guy who yeah. started a business model, which was 24-7 news, and everybody thought that was crazy. He almost risked it all. He risked it all. And then next thing you know, he ends up buying the Falcons, buying the Braves. Yeah. I don't know who he bought. He freaking pretty much bought half the world. And then he ran for office. He almost became a president. Yeah. So Ted Turner created that model of huh. constant news. Which seemed really good. Yeah, and it was. You know, and it was really yeah. good. And now you look at it, but it's weird even with CNN now, unless I'm crazy because I stopped watching it during the pandemic. I mean, yeah. Cuomo and Don Lemon were getting me to the point of like, you know, everybody hates, if one side hates Tucker Carlson, one side hates, the, I hate both of them. I just think they are, <laughs> you know, I think it's they- a lot better you know, to live that way. Yeah, I mean, I just think they are yeah. trying everything they can to, to make everyone hate each other. And they're laughing all the way to the bank because they yeah. get paid to do this. But <laughs> CNN, I feel like, unless I'm crazy- I've, I've clicked on a little bit. I feel like they've moved a little right uh, all of a sudden. Like suddenly it's they moved, not. They're well, trying to get back like to the middle. Every but the way they the did that CEO. is by firing a bunch yeah. of people and getting rid of a bunch of people. But you, you, the, the CNN I'm talking about, if you ever read the book by Ted Turner, okay, I don't know if you've read it or not. I have not. Highly recommend it. Yeah. He wrote this a while back. I will because I it, love it, Ted Turner. Oh, my God. Dude, you, you're gonna have, you won't be able to put it down. It's that, if you da- uh, download the audio book, and on your flight back, you finish right. it. You'll be able to finish it at 1.5 speed. What's the name of the book? It's called Ted, I think. They call me Ted. I think you do that's that what. 1.5 speed? I, I do 2.0. I do 2.0, but oh, no, I 1.5. This guy would go 4.0 if he could. I'm well, good at 2.0. You can on Spotify 3.5, and it's fantastic. But, but going back, going <laughs> no back to this, going back to this, when you hear how it ends, what, what his level of disappointment with CNN, how the book ends. Mm-hmm. And this is not a new book. Can you pull up the book? Just, just type in what the. <clears throat> Uh, 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 Ted Turner, Ted Turner book. book. Mm-hmm. It's not a. It's not a new book. It's an older book. Not Teddy. That's a porn. What are you doing? <laughs> it auto corrects. Too early. So they call me Teddy. <laughs> call me it, Ted. It auto Call me Ted. Oh my God, Ted. Call, call me, me Ted. Ted. That book right there. Yeah, it's, by the way, it's thirteen years old, which is perfect because yeah. nothing was happening. It wasn't like thirteen years old. So that book is due for a bar mitzvah right oh, now. Oh nine. Oh nine is what it is. So. 
But CNN was a guy that changed the game and then everything else came after. I will say something about CNN. Um, No doubt, nationally, it has a tainted image. In my opinion, and from what I talk to, especially people internationally, CNN International has a different cachet globally. Like CNN International, which obviously we don't watch, we're in the States, does still have a high level of credibility. And that's essentially, you know, the international arm of what Tem was... So you, you watch a lot of CNN International. I actually so do. Very, very. I'm thinking about That's what good. they're thinking over around the world. Because it's not, it's not it's CNN. Just, they just think <coughs> we're a third world country. Just think about it. It's not as, you know, U.S. based, left, right, you know, conservative, liberal, yeah. Trump, yes, no yeah. dynamics, right? It's just international news. But so, I'm so, by, by the way, so, so for a guy that uh, build entourage on... You know, which, by the way, some may call it the greatest show of all time. To me, it's a top five of mine. I think it's just insane if you, when you ask some people that are newer yeah. guys, younger guys, they're in their twenties. Like, have you seen a what's Entourage? I'm like, dude, you missed out. On I slapped them right in the face. When they said that. I go, what? <laughs> life, it's not life. You don't know what life is, boy. I watching, but but you do this, and it and it becomes a phenomenon. It becomes a uh, everyone's talking about it at work the next day. Everyone's talking about it. At the peak of insanity, tell us a crazy, insane story when Entourage was peaking. How the the in the community, how Hollywood was looking at it. Tell us, tell us some crazy stories about the whole Entourage movement. I mean, I'm trying to think what crazy stories I have, but you know, I, I always, even though I wrote that show, I was always kind of like a head down guy, and and I'm not kind of living in anything like that entourage life. In fact, when, when Mark brought it to me, because Mark said, I want to do a show about me and my friends, like, and I'm like a bunch of hanger-ons who hang out with a movie star. I'm like, that's just not my speed. And, and, and you know, he, he said, think about it. And I went home and thought about how to make these guys like a family. And, and that's, you know, any, any successful show, that's essentially what they are. But, I mean, it, it's... You know, it's not an insane story, but when my brother, my my Harvard Law brother, who works at Scatton Arps and is Mr. Conservative, and, like, I don't think I ever thought, like, I was even mildly amusing to him. When, like, when the hug it out thing happened, which, honestly, it was, I mean, I've written far better lines than that and had no <laughs> expectation of this being a thing. But when my brother told me, like, his whole office in Scatton Arps, New York, all these Harvard guys that, you know, like, I, I could never even visit Harvard. I was too stupid to do that. So <laughs> when when I hear that they were talking about it and then when the athletes would call LeBron James and Tom Brady, like, we want to be on the show. That's crazy. Um, it was it was really wild. Phil Mickelson, I mean, um, you know, I wrote this line or maybe Brian Birds wrote this line, whatever, but he's melting down, like Ari says, he's melting down like, like Mickelson at Wingfoot, which was like his famous U.S. Open meltdown. And then I see him and I'm like, hey, Doug Ellen, Entourage. And he looks at me, he goes, you know, I'm sitting in bed with my wife, minding my own business, <laughs> watching my favorite show. And, and this comes on, you know. And uh, so I said, well, come on the show. And he still came on. So awesome. it's it, Good for him. It was a very yeah. it was a very cool wild ride and the town really embraced the show which you know speaking of cancer culture when it started to turn that all of a sudden the show was racist homophobic and yeah. this i'm like okay well oh, it was obama's favorite show you know the new york times put it as the best show you know and and it's weird to see how i don't think the world has shifted as much as as you just said it really hasn't shifted but there's just a lot of loud voices that are getting a lot of air and a lot of attention and a lot of power and could you do entourage today and get away with it? Uh, well 
you know. Would you be having to explain yourself every day for an episode? Look, I, I have a new show that I'm doing now that I believe will will be speak to society in 2022 the way that did in 2003. The reality is the real Ari could never speak the way he did in an office. Today, no so I would never write that. So when people write things, which it's also funny with comedy or, you know, some people don't find it funny. But with comedy, you get this thing like, you can't say that. You can't. But the Sopranos, like, Tony Soprano can, you know, murder his his son's, you know, best friend's father or beat yeah. him up or threaten him, whatever. And that's, that's okay because it's somehow more artistic. But um, I wouldn't write things that, that don't exist just like you wouldn't write a show in 2022 where people, you know, cars don't exist. I mean, things evolve. Things change. Society's changing what I think. Hopefully what I did well and why it captured the culture is is I understood what Hollywood was like in 2003. And by the way, it was mild compared to reality, you know, and but it still did speak mm-hmm. of some reality and, and some real world issues. So. Adrian Grainer, I mean, out of all the guys there, Kevin's been acting since he was six years old. He's mm-hmm. been in Hollywood for a long time, right? You know, you can, and I'm saying Connell, you can go through everybody. Okay. Kevin yeah. Dillon's been acting yeah. forever. Yeah. Jeremy Piven's been acting for 40 freaking years at this point, <laughs> Incredible right? actor. But but where did Adrian, where did you guys find him? So Adrian was... Uh, Pull up the picture for some people that don't know he's from Entourage. Go for it. Adrian is... So for a- the people that don't know who he is, I, I, I want to spit in your face. The yeah. fact that you don't know who <laughs> Entourage up. is. But anyway. Wake up. So, but, but Adrian... Adrian Steve Levinson, who was a better picture, Tyler. That's him. There you go. That's a good picture. He gets a worse picture of the guy. Go ahead. Adrian <laughs> Vinny <laughs> Chase in the house. Vince. So Steve Levinson, who I went to Tulane with and is, was a good friend and was Mark's manager, um, he represented Adrian. And Adrian, when we were casting, is I, I cannot tell you how hard it is to cast a movie star who is not a movie star. This is <laughs> literally <laughs> one of yeah, the hardest of things on the planet. And Adrian who is a great actor who actually Woody Allen cast as a movie star I you know opposite Leo in um I forgot what that movie was called one of his, his less least successful movies but Adrian would be in this office every day while we were pulling our hair out trying to pull it out and then Steve one day was like you know I got the guy I'm like who's the guy and and he's like him and Adrian had this beard like we did this episode where he goes to Mexico and yeah. like he had this beard he would always wear a hoodie and you know and and I'm I'm not a homophobic guy at all but I don't like stare at handsome men and go whatever he, I'm like the guy in the corner with like the hoodie and the beard, you know, and he's like, "Yeah, that's the guy." That guy um, cleans up nicely. Yeah, but even when he didn't clean up, we just put him on tape. And uh, one of our um, one of our assistants did a genius thing back in two thousand and three. He took Connolly's audition and he took Adrian's audition and put them together. And oh, Connolly's wow. Connolly's a handsome guy, you know. But uh, when we put them together, Adrian just he instantaneously felt like a movie star, you know, oh. and. Um, you know, some people like to say he wasn't great. And he was, let me tell you something. There's very few people on the planet who could have pulled off that role and really had this presence in the show that that just made you feel like, I want to be around this guy. I want to be friends with this guy, and I want to be in his, in his orbit. But um, So we, we were lucky because we saw every single person in town, and it was tricky. And when I started, I wanted, I wanted a Wahlberg, which is even harder because, you know, as you look around in the movies, there's very few guys like Mark, mm-hmm. you know? So speaking of Ari Gold, was Jeremy Piven born to play that role? Like, did you even look elsewhere? So I, my agent at CAA was a guy named Jeff Jacobs, who I went to camp with 30 years ago. He was my agent. Jeremy, who I'd never met in my life, I loved. 
and from Larry Sanders specifically. So in the first outline that Jerry I... Jerry wa- Shandling? Is that, that back in the day? This is like, the Larry Sh- wow. Sanders yeah, show. Yeah, Probably crazy. this is legitimately top five sitcoms ever made. Wow. I mean, it's genius. And, uh, you know, Bob Odenkirk was the yeah. inspiration for the agent. Better he was, Call Saul. Is that yeah. Bob Odenkirk? But he was the agent on Larry Sanders. Uh, and when I was thinking of an agent, he was kind of my inspiration. But then I saw Jeremy, and he kind of looked like a little bit like my agent. And I, so in my first thing, I said, Jeremy Piven playing Jeff Jacobs, you know? And then what happened was we went into the pitch meeting at HBO. I had never heard of Ari Emanuel. I had never met him, nothing. But he represented Mark and Steve Levinson. So I was with Jeff Jacobs, and, you know, they were with Ari. And we walked into the room, and I've told this before, but, you know, I'm sitting there with 35 pages of, like, stories and material for this show. And we walk in, and Ari Emanuel, before anyone says a word, goes, it's a show about Mark and his friends. This guy's going to write it. If it sucks, we're going to fire him, and someone else is going to rewrite it. Wow. Okay? Says it to your face. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the meeting. (laughs) And then, uh, so that was pretty much the end of the meeting. I didn't even really have to speak. And uh, the first thing I said to, to Steve Levinson after we walked out, I go, he's... Piven plays him. This is the guy. And we then got in the car, and Ari calls. I, I honestly did not say a word. I had a 15-minute pitch ready to say. I don't think I said a word. Ari goes, done. They bought it. I said, do they want to like read any of my writing samples? And he goes, I just said they bought it. Would you like them to unbuy it? And <laughs> so, so instantaneously, I knew I had a character that would pop. And then I... I Meet Jeremy. He's gotten into shape, and he actually kind of now looks like Ari. It was so bizarre. Um, can you pull so, up? Can you pull up a picture of? Uh, it's Ari Emanuel. That's Ari Emanuel, who happens to be Rahm Emanuel's yeah. brother. Yeah. Yep. yep. There was He's a great picture family. with him and Elon. Uh, did you see that? A couple weeks ago, he's washing his back. But uh, you know. Um, so then we had a, I had to convince Jeremy to do the show. By the way, so Why, uh, what do you mean convince him? He didn't. Well, he didn't know who I was. He didn't know who any of the other actors were, and we weren't paying a lot. It was a very low budget thing when we started. So uh, we met and we convinced him to do it, and it was great. And um, you know, there was no other options. You well, know, click zero. on that picture right in the middle between uh, right in the middle between the, no no in the uh, middle right there. That's the picture. Jeremy you want to zoom in a little bit? Man. Yeah, because yeah. that's who he's playing. Yeah, it's it's wild. He's uh he's a, he's a great actor though. Yeah. He started he started doing stand up right before the pandemic. I started seeing him at the Laugh Factory. I moved there from L.A. He's saying Piven, being Piven, and then he all I got off stage and he was like, dude, like holy shit, and like we kind of you know we're both handsome, whatever. So <laughs> so but he was just, he was just awesome and like uh, he he was like, hey, I'm gonna go perform in Utah, one of the uh, comedy clubs. He's like, I was like, I'm gonna go see my sister. She's in the Air Force. He's like, dude, come and open for me and feature. He's in the back smoking cigars. He's 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 a he's a cool. I saw guy. you do a podcast with how you live in Jay Piven. His podcast. I did his podcast. So I'm gonna circle back to kind of what we brought up initially, and I no doubt. I mean, is he the only one who actually won a an Emmy or something from? The- he's uh, as far as actors, yeah. he's the only one. Yeah, Conley okay. and Dylan were both nominated. Okay, but I mean, obviously he crushed. He that won role. three in a row. Yeah, it was which is r- rare. R- ridiculous. Um, you brought up a point earlier, like, oh, it would what are it would he be canceled these days? Who knows? But Sopranos. It's crazy. Speaking of First Amendment, Sopranos, and you can even go down the depth chart of like whatever, you know, murders or grand yeah. theft auto. Yeah. You could full on murder someone, gun to the head, yeah. just yeah. blood plastic. That's fine. Yeah. But God forbid you call someone a nasty name. Oh, you'll oh, get no, no. canceled. You can do that on the Sopranos too. Yeah. You can call yeah. them whatever you want. But you by know? the way, the crazy thing is with this uh, uh, show, 
which I'm curious to know about the business model. I'll get into that. Just I, w- I want to learn a little bit more about the business model. It's in L.A. Okay, it's about like the it's being shot like mostly the life is in LA. entourage. Entourage, yeah. yeah. So, but then I want to say a month ago you said I'm done with L.A. It's a thin line between becoming more and more common as cities soft on crimes mixed with inflation, creating on air that's becoming insufferable for many residents. I was in L.A. with Kevin uh, two months ago, and we went. He took me out to a nice restaurant. We're having a conversation. Yeah. I'm looking outside. What was the hotel uh, we were talking about? Right across the hotel, SLS. There's a treehouse. Homeless guy built a treehouse right there in Beverly Hills. Wow. How bad are things in L.A. right now from your point of view? You know what? Again, that's like where the media is. Go read like the New York Times, and they'll tell you this is racist to talk about. But I have had more friends have interactions with violent crime in the last year and a half than in the previous 30 years combined. Wow. So my ex-wife and my brother's ex-wife are on the news running for their lives in Beverly Hills from a shooting at El Pisteo on on Cannon. I had a friend of mine with his eight-month pregnant wife with a guy put a gun to her stomach oh my God. at the four, right behind the Four Seasons Hotel. Um, my ex-wife also grew up with someone whose mother was killed in Beverly Hills this year. In a, if you remember that guy, just walked into her house in Beverly Hills, an 80-year-old plus woman, and shot her. Um, so things are bad, you know. Now, I'm not smart enough to want to get into all of the stuff, whether it's bail reform, whether it's the pandemic, where whatever it was. All I know is three years ago, it was a very different place. And people are fleeing at crazy rates and wealthy people. And no matter what anyone wants to say about that, it's going to cause major problems because we already have the highest taxes in the country. And if you take away all the high taxpayers, which, look, I don't make a dollar right now. So Conley pays nothing on this podcast that I do. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's it's not, you know, that's not my high concern at this particular yeah. second, yeah. my own taxes. But it's just getting really bad. And, you know, people don't feel safe. You don't want to drive a nice car. You don't want to wear your watch out. And we go, is this going to become Venezuela? Is this like what the plan is for this place? And, you know. Again, I don't want to speak as if I'm smart enough to understand these politicians because I watch them. They they try to find their issues that they can win on, and then they go. Whether they believe in anything they're saying, I no longer have any faith in that whatsoever. What what is it at a point where obviously Musk left, Rogan left, a lot of people have left. You you read about the Austin people coming here, yeah. people going to Tennessee, people are going to Nevada. Some of the guys are going to Nevada, which I think Mark Wahlberg went to. Some yeah. story came out about him leaving in Nevada. I think the story came out last week. Who's the girl from Pretty Woman? Uh, Julia, Julia Roberts, Roberts just left as well. Yeah, and she's going to a completely different place, but. Is it at a point where you're thinking about leaving or no, that's where you're going to be for the rest of your life because no. it's the business you're in? No, 100% I'm thinking about leaving. I have, I have a, a new show. If it goes, it's, it'll be in L.A. Um, I bought a house in the desert, which I understand isn't leaving California, but La Quinta. <laughs> um, so I, I plan on spending a lot more time out there. Um, but to I, write. I, you, got, you got to go in a cave and start writing. Yeah, but I've looked in Florida. I've looked in Nashville. And I, I've thought about it, which is sad, because L.A. has been a, a really great mm-hmm. place. And Entourage, you know, part of Entourage was a love letter to L.A. and how much I love that place and how I dreamed. You know, my parents didn't let me go to UCLA because they, they said, you'll never come home. And so I dreamt my entire life of being out in, in California, in Hollywood. And uh, 
it's a really beautiful place and you can never ever replace that and you can never replace the weather which you know when i come here and i'm, I'm sweating at eight o'clock in the morning you know i go this is tough but welcome to miami <laughs> yeah. yeah so but um i'm i'm seriously thinking about leaving i'm having a i'm having a baby so oh, well, I, I cannot even comprehend right now uh you know my my fiance walking down the street with a baby right now because it really does not feel safe so yep. and and you know again you're gonna have you know jerk offs like even seth rogan's like oh that's part of life in the big city no. car, car no. you know getting your car stolen no and shit. Yeah, no but you know what that's fine when you have a hundred million dollars and you can just go this yeah. but you know when you don't i just had a, I, I had a flat tire it ruined the week of my life it got stuck in the desert oh, you know shit. so I just think that right now um, I'm hoping something turns it and people start to to wake up, you know, because it is the same thing I say about Kanye. It's like, yeah, we want to help everybody with mental illness, but we can't allow lunatics to be running around the streets yeah. um, because we want to want to hear what their stories are. You know, Doug, and, and, let me ask you, because yeah. um, I'm the only one here that hasn't spent a decade plus of their life in L.A. You spent how many years of your life? 24. 24. You're there, there for a four, decade. Yeah, You've been there. there. You're a New York, L.A. guy. I'm Miami, Florida, born and raised. Was it a slippery slope thing, or did it fall off the cliff and, and avalanche style it, it, since COVID? It, it, it fell off the cliff. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you had to think there were going to be some repercussions from COVID, I mean, because of what was happening. And, you know, again, for the really rich people, it seemed like, oh, this is a great vacation. But I have so many friends who had businesses in L.A. that have been destroyed. And... You know, it never made sense to most of us, and you want to protect everyone that you can. But you know, you just go, what What was the point of that? And and it is, it is, a, it is a, it's a tough pill to swallow. And I think we're going to feel the effects of this for a long, long time. Well, let me ask you a follow up question because, again, born and raised in Miami, like Florida has catapulted to the top of everyone's list since COVID, and you know, a lot of people will will put. DeSantis on a pedestal for what he's done and I know you're saying I'm not smart enough you're a pretty freaking smart guy at some point is it sort of the policies the politicians they kind of got to be responsible for this nonsense you know what whether it's Garcetti or Newsom obviously or Pelosi. obviously policies have to have uh, an effect but there are cyclical situations that happen in markets and the world like I said you know I got held up at gunpoint in New York City in front of the Plaza Hotel in 1990 some of the most expensive real estate on the planet earth and there used to be prostitutes standing right outside the Plaza Hotel um, those you, were the days baby. <laughs> great times but New York New York was a scary scary place the 70s which yeah. I wasn't really around for were far worse um, so and then Giuliani cleaned it up he did. He really and, did. And, and Bloomberg, you know, Bloomberg and too. he did. But, you know, it, it's such a it, it's such a slippery slope because you can't say shit without people saying you're trying to target this and that. I just want to target criminals. I want to get them off the street. Yep. I want to, you know, I want to help people to try to have the best lives they can have. So you but, like this Caruso guy that's running? I do. Yeah. I what do. do you like about him? I, I like that he's a businessman who's accomplished things. I'm I'm so sick of these fucking politicians who've never done anything, and then you watch them become rich as a politician. They're supposed to make mm -hmm. fifty thousand bucks a year and work to try to make the world better, but they're really working for themselves. That's why, you know, I, again, I have a small following on my Instagram, but I get in trouble from both sides, which I guess I'm stupid. That's a good thing. The, about no, the but the smart thing is to, <laughs> you know, my friend does a podcast with with Bill Maher, and I always say I got I had Bill Maher's ideas before he says them, but unfortunately. 
he's what got mean the he does a podcast with Bill Maher? He's got a podcast. Bill Maher's got a great podcast. No, I've amazing podcast. Yeah, yeah. My, yes, he's my Club Random. Yeah, yeah. My friend's a producer of it. Oh, gotcha. Came, and came up with it with well, Chris I mean, Case. Bill Maher, is there, is, there, is there a more necessary voice in America these days than Bill Maher? Yeah, yes, but, Joe Rogan, but he's, he's, uh, he's, in, he's up there. Yeah. He's in the top ten list right but, now. But and and uh, Doug, going off from what you said, I moved from I left LA, you know, I'm stand up, acting, and doing all that stuff. So now I, I'm, a, I'm in the comedian comedy department here. Um, I think when they started uh, not decriminalizing, but like the shoplifting, nine hundred fifty dollars or less, they're basically giving criminals the okay to do whatever. Then you say shit like defund the police, which is making cops less eager to do their job because they're like, you know what, fuck you guys if you guys are gonna have that attitude. And I was one of those moments, and I've said it before on the podcast where I was like, you know what. It's time to get the hell out of here. My mom's visiting, and we stop at a at a red light. There's a f- full on fight. People beating the shit out of each other, right? Mm-hmm. And then p- the lights green. People are beeping for us to go. Homeless guy walks right in the middle of the street, takes your sh- like a good shit. <laughs> Just I'm not even. I'm not. I'm like, so good I'm, one. He looked like he had enough fun. He was. He was. And he's like, you know, looking at <laughs> not like, just your average one. I mean, <laughs> he, <laughs> my mother's in the car, and like he picks it up. I mean, he had the decency. Oh, and my mom looks respectful, at me, very respectful. respectful uh, what a guy! Because it, it was this moment that where Pat, you know, we're talking. He's like, Vinny, you should move here instead of yeah. doing all this stuff there. And my mom, I'll never forget, looks at me and she goes. I think yeah. I think it's time for you to leave. Coming up on the next entourage. Yeah, it, yeah, it was almost like, it was like a movie scene. I'm I'm shocked like something crazy is gonna happen. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's but it's let me ask you another point. question about um like I've said this before, again, not a, a California guy, but is there a more Hollywood fabricated plastic, tell me what I should say guy than Gavin Newsom? I mean, I, I just see, seems so. Why are you fake. trying to get him in trouble? This guy, he's, he's, he, what, you, his I, podcast could get canceled that's tomorrow. That's my opinion. Yeah. You can no, say no, Adam, is, you're the wrong. Good, the good thing is, like I said, I'm unemployed and uncancelable, but <laughs> I do have personal uh, friends who, who have connections to, to Gavin Newsom. So I'd rather not speak about, you know, they are all frauds. Okay. Period. End of story. I mean, Joe Biden. Donald Trump, these people are full of shit. They lie about their backgrounds. They lie about what they're going to do. And, you know, it's just, it's, that's why my frustration level is on such a place because you really, like I did grow up and thinking people wanted to be the president because they wanted to make the place better. But it's a $100 million job if you get that job, you know? So why wouldn't you want to be AOC who, you know, is was a waitress and now she wants to write books and she wants to do this. And that's why, you know, I, like I got in trouble because everyone thought I was this, this left-wing linger. When Cuomo sold that book long before his sexual harassment thing, I'm like, how is this even legal that you can be a sitting fucking governor and you write five books for $5 million? Yeah. Like, yeah. how is this possible that we allow this? And then, again, I don't want to go left or right, but like Pelosi with these trades, like, yeah. how, how is this possibly legal that mm-hmm. they can let these, these congressmen do insider trading when they know what's going to happen before it happens? So, you know what's the, what's the crazy thing hmm. is... Uh, 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 we were talking to uh, Kanye said when I talked to Tupac Tupac told me first go get your money and then wreak havoc or whatever some line like that that he talked about Tupac told him this 20 some years ago to Kanye 30 years ago 1996 whatever the timeline is right years ago and sometimes when you don't have a few money you have to walk on eggshells especially in your world when you don't have it yet yeah uh, and, and, you know, when you do, you feel freer. You can say whatever you want to say. And I fully understand that business model. And, but sometimes people in your world are held hostage yeah. uh, because of that. And you have to be part of the team because, God forbid, you don't support it. It's going to hurt your business. 
And uh, one of the things I'm most excited about Hollywood, what's happened the last, I don't know, 10 years, is that the Netflixes of the world have come out, the Hulus of the world, these OTTs are coming out where you no longer need a Weinstein to you know, do something with him because he's got all this power. You no longer have to go through Giffen. You don't no longer have to go through yeah. all of these guys that at one point, oh my gosh, God forbid, I better please don't say this. I won't say it again. I'm so sorry, man. I, you know, I'm, you do this, I'm not going to give you this movie. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get a part again in Hollywood. My career's over with. Mm. The best part is those guys are gone. And today, they're not gone, but those guys are not as powerful as they were before. Yeah. And today, a money person can come in and say, Doug, I don't give a shit which side you're on politically. Here's 20 million bucks. Let's go make a bunch of shit and we're going to put it on our OTT. And this is what we're going to do. The freedom of these OTTs coming out now, how has that shifted your mindset within your industry? Well, we're really going to see because I I just went out and financed my own show, you know, and you still need, you still have those gatekeepers because you still need the distribution if you want to go big. I think where the world will be in three years. You know, like comedians. I don't know if you guys ever had what, what Andrew Schultz or Dave Schultz. I don't know. Andrew Schultz. Schultz. Yeah. You know, he released his own album. Taylor Swift goes and makes, you know, goes and makes. I, I know she's got 400 million people following her, but she goes and makes her album in her own home. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need anybody. So we did that with a with a pilot. Um, so now we'll see what happens. We just finished it. Now we, we got to shop it around. If we somehow can't get distribution from one of the major platforms, then we will figure out a way that we will release it ourselves. So, um, so that was really exciting to me because the process that I did this pilot in, you know, where Entourage took, you know, when I, when I talk about how Ari sold that in the room, I was paid $50,000 to write a script that took two years. And, torture and almost almost to the point where if you really wanted to look, like break it down it was far less than minimum wage and over two years over yeah. two years and they'll 25 grand three bucks an hour yeah. three bucks an and hour and honestly i call I, I i actually said at one point i said to my aide, can you call them up and say like if they want me to keep going like Give me a little. Show me the money. money. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I think there was like twenty five hundred bucks a game. So so there is there's such a feast or famine world out there where and then you get going and all of a sudden you get paid and then everybody goes oh you're part of the elites now you're part of this but I sat there for two years busted my ass wrote four hundred drafts of this script with everybody think if people think people are sensitive now every word was scrutinized every fucking vowel. Um, but now I did this pilot. Now and we'll see what happens. And again, it's not some wildly uh, politically incorrect thing. And I don't think Bill Maher is either. I think it is a very, uh, just like Entourage was, it is a very clear look at culture and society as it is right now. I've got Charlie Sheen in it. Speaking of really, people, they tra- oh, yeah. they try this to is a real, I don't want to say it. I want to see if you're comfortable saying it. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen, Connolly, Dylan, you know, Breezy yeah. from All-American, Kamiko Glenn from... Uh, from what are you guys looking black? for? What are you guys looking for for the whole thing? Like uh, In it, terms of money? Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I just want to make sure we're at the right place where we can get eyeballs on it. I feel the same way as I did about Entourage. Just let me get the audience out there. And, and then, then there's so many yeah. things that I can do and, and, and this. But So we did a pilot. I feel great about it. I've started writing the rest of the season, and then we'll figure it out. Also, what's, what's, what's so the pilot's out there? The pilot's out the there? The pilot's done. It's not out there anywhere. Okay. But, you Your know, we got, we, got William, we got actually Richard White, who's – Currently, the Ari Emanuel of of William Morris uh, representing it, and and we'll see what happens. Fantastic. What's yeah. the latest with Charlie Sheen these days? I mean, Charlie are- Sheen is, and I mean this sincerely. So when people talk about second chances, and when people talk about uh, drug addicts, 
this guy is one of the best people I've ever worked with, one of the best people I've ever known. I'll say it to his face. I don't know what he's like if you give him a line of blow, and I hope I never find out. But he is amazing. And his father, I've spent a lot of time with him too. Great family and great people. And, you know, it, it does speak to that fact that, you know, people can slip up and they can come back and they can redeem themselves. And he he's a really great guy and a, obviously a great talent. So, so Doug, is it is it hard pitching uh... – a show to like networks and people when they when they when and I respect what you're saying when they see or they hear like oh Charlie Sheen's gonna be in it does it make them more reluctant to be like oh shit well we want to pick it up but who knows what he's gonna be doing in like the next two it, or three years he might relapse or he you might know what I, obviously you know I don't know what they're saying when they see it and we and we're just starting to shop it yeah. but you know that's what the show is about Charlie Sheen is playing himself oh, he's wow. playing you know a, and and an ultra realistic version of himself it's yeah. not you know trying to make one of these cartoons you know versions he yeah. is charlie sheen and uh, hiv positive charlie sheen who's putting it all oh, straight well, up that oh is yeah a, that is a thing That's it dope. is all on the line and there's nothing like there's no punches being pulled in this thing at all so how's his health his health seems great he's he's hiv positive the medications are, are great the medication for hiv is amazing yeah he's he's doing it's honestly, working okay for you I'm, I'm in great shape <laughs> okay, he's do, he's doing great so that's great. Yeah. Great to hear. By wow. the way, when you, when, you, when you think about him and his pops, I mean, some of the best movies, man. You think oh, about uh, Wall Street. I got I got oh, to show I got to show you this because the scene with him, I mean, oh. I mean, first of all, the the second episode too, which I already wrote, which Martin told me he read it and he cried because this was actually so realistic to his life. Wow. But the but the 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 scene in the show with them like you know, and whatever, maybe Martin will forget he said it. he goes, I think this is better than our our Wall Street scenes. Wow. And wow. uh and I and I think it is. It's absolutely Sick. riveting and real and I think any father son will relate to this, and um, you know it's, it's that's cool. all. And Emilio Estevez is also their brother's son, half what, what is brother, that? Yeah, yeah, full yeah, on I mean, brother. He, I believe he's a full on brother. I mean, yeah, Martin and didn't want to go with the Sheen last name, just said I want to be an Estevez. You know what, Martin? Up. Martin regrets changing his name. They're actually, I mean, they, they they're Spanish descent. I mean, he's their a, last you know, name is actually Estevez. Martin Sheen is Ramon Estevez. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I may be pronouncing it wrong. Estevez. Estevez, um, mira. And, and uh, thank you. And um, <laughs> and Charlie is Carlos. Estevez. Yeah, Carlos Estevez. Wow. Charlie I do Shane. want to make one thing clear to everybody that's watching. I do not have HIV because it's know. important for you to say Adam that. Adam was so very, not, very good acting in yeah. it. But I'm just saying it's working out okay. For thank you. You're doing but, great. But, but, you, the, the, you know the business model with what your what your uh, if a person wanted to get into that space a a a. Person that wanted to get in the new sp- in, in that space, they have distribution, they have eyeballs, they know how to get a lot of eyeballs, but they're not. They've never been in Hollywood. They've never yeah. made movies, but they got plenty of money. Money's yeah. not the issue. What would you say would be the first two, three, four, five moves to get into the uh, Hollywood space? Well, I think you know my partner on this show who who put up the money for it, uh, Ted Foxman. You know he wanted to get into Hollywood. He sold his business for a lot of money, and it's all he wanted to do. He loves movies and he loves film. Fortunately, we were friends, and, and hopefully it all works out for him. He feels great about the process so far. But I think the most important thing is to find someone, you know, that you believe in, you know, that you like what they do, that you like their talents. I think, 
you know, with all of the guys with with money that are coming out, I think you know that's what you do. You go find a great writer. You go find a great actor that you love. So is step number one a writer, or is it, is it a uh, actor? Is there like a step to go through it, or no? I think if you have your money, I mean, obviously, if you can get a real star, that that always helps. But I think me as a writer, I think the most important things about any TV show or movies are the beginning, and it's the concept and it's the script. I always believe that. Um, but obviously, if you can get a major star. That's going to make it a lot easier to sell it and get people to watch it, you know? So get a writer first. Then after you get the writer, try to get a good star. Is that kind of how? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we did with this, with this, you know? And uh, I, I started talking about it on the podcast. I said, you know what? I'm just like, we're in the pandemic. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go make my own show. And that was my plan. I was going to find What's the name of the it. pilot or the show? Ramble On. Ramble On. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. With the Sheen boys and Doug Allen. Kevin Connolly, Kevin, Kevin Dillon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sick. Exciting. It's it's a it's a entourage type of a model, right? Structure, except for today's time. It's it's a half hour. Um, you know, the interesting thing about entourage when it came on, and, and people won't remember this now, because they, you know, you guys say everyone knew these actors. People really didn't. Some people were like, which at first insulted me because I was an insecure 30-year-old, and they were like, is this like an unscripted documentary thing. I'm like, what? I'm like, I, do, you, do you know how many hours I spend with every comma and every word? No, these are actors. This is fake. So some people who'd never seen Adrian were like, this is this is real. He's really Vinny Chase. Yeah, yeah. They really did think that. This one is these guys are the real deal. Like Kevin Connolly is Kevin Connolly who quit acting and started a podcast company and is swimming in all of the troubles of a startup business, especially when you've never done it and you're yeah. now 40 years old. So uh, it is all ultra real. And I think it's the next level that people that people really want. And you see all the crappy versions of it where they make these things that that kind of look at this is going to be a very realistic, grounded look at both Hollywood and celebrity culture in 2022, 23. Mm -hmm. But it's also about the world right now, second chances, redemption, second acts, which, you know, you guys will find. I don't know what you're in your 30s now, but like Thank you. you yeah. You, you get to your you get to your 40s and 50s and, you know, like like you, I don't even know when you started this, but you go, "All right, I made money. I had a lot of success in this, but what the fuck is next? What do I do with mm -hmm. the rest of my life and how do I really find a real purpose?" And the movie Sideways, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but that was a big inspiration for me, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, and, uh, Wine uh, the, yeah, yeah, Wine Country Giamatti and uh, Tennessee that went viral. I mean, I was like, everybody was talking about yeah. it for... It won an award, I want to say. Yeah, I yeah. Thomas Hayden Church definitely won an Oscar. I'm sure yeah. Alexander Payne was nominated, but he, he may have won. But, you know, it's a, it's a movie that that really speaks to people. You know, he was a struggling writer trying to figure out his life, and the other one was a struggling actor. And, you know, that, that could sound like just a boring thing, but it really spoke to everybody and what people go through, no matter what your level of success or failure is. You know? So just to be clear, everyone is playing themselves in themselves. Randall on Wow. Yes. It's great. Charlie I mean, listen, I, I Charlie am, and, and, you know, Charlie being who he is, the commuting and the writer being who he is, this yeah. is like... Whoever's invested into this, they you couldn't position yourself better. Whoever that person is that came and worked with you guys, which is obviously and we're we very excited did for it you. By, I mean, obviously, I had the advantage. Our model, like for this pilot, you know, I got all my entourage crew. These are all Emmy nominated, you know, cinematographers and the whole wow. cast and crew. They all worked for far less than if we were doing it for somebody else. So, so, but anyway, we'll sh I'll show it to you. you guys hometown like, discount. Yep, hometown I, discount. I, I love it. I love it. I, I I wish you guys nothing but the best. Thank it's you. a uh, uh, it's a very exciting. If if it's anything like Entourage, and it's for today's times, I can't wait to see it myself. 
But you know, going back to uh, uh, going back to Hollywood, uh, you know, I like to talk about who's the greatest, you know, basketball player of all time. Makes for great debates, right? Who's the greatest baseball player of all time? It's Willie Mays. It's Babe Ruth. It's a actors today. Okay, if yeah. you were to put the top five today that are acting today, Oof. active, wow. who would you say? Oh God, you're getting me right off the top. Of my I gotta head, do it. I mean, I mean, it's it's a Leo. I mean, the Leo's obvious, at the top. Yeah, Christian Bale. Um, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, I know I'm gonna like leave out and like all of a sudden I'm doing something wrong or but you know, um, there's so many great talented actors. Don't out be there. diplomatic, man. No, I'm You're, not even this trying is to be your diplomatic. world. So, I'm trying to come up with so Leo. So we got Leo. We got uh, Bale. Freaking Bale is a beast, man. He's that ridiculous. guy is something else. I mean, Daniel Day Lewis. I don't I, know if he's I was, really. Quit, I was just but, about. I swear to God, I was just about to say. I just saw an interview of him where he's just talking about my left foot. It was like an old. Just him, Gary Oldman. I mean, I put Gary Oldman. He's freaking Gary insane. But wow. Daniel Day Lewis is it's, in a league of his I own. I think he's yeah. the own. He's his own. Yeah. Daniel Day Lewis is on another level. I feel like he only does act. Like me, I don't think he has a life outside of acting. Obviously, he clearly has a life. He was but. he was retiring to be like a shoe cobbler. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. even, I'm not yeah, even being right. funny. I, I have yeah. no idea. But I mean, I remember when I saw Lincoln. Which, you know, you just sit and you go, well, how do you come up with, like, a voice for Lincoln? And he, yeah. was, he was more Lincoln than the fucking Penny. You were yeah. just like, this guy <laughs> is just, I, I mean, it's it's amazing to watch. But there's there's a bunch of guys. And, um, who, like, you know, who, who that, who you know, made I love is, uh, God, what, Jesse Jesse uh, uh, Clemens, is that his name? I love this guy. He was on Breaking Bad, but I think he's a, a future Oscar winner. Oh, wow. Um, he's incredible. Um I'm uh, who's one the, the one uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was one of my best. Oh, I mean, he passed away, but what a like amazing. Capote. I I saw the like a round table with him and the writers and how he got the voice and it was. I mean, yeah. God rest his soul. But yeah, he this, was one of the this best. This kid is unreal. He's ridiculous. Yeah. What do this you think guy. about What do you think about uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf? What do you think about his style of acting? I mean, I think he's great. Yeah. You know, um, I don't I don't know um, mentally how he is, but he's, he's yeah. great. Yeah. Apparently God. he found it's God and like he's... I, uh, that, Catholic, that. yeah, the movie he did. He was that podcast he did with uh, John Bernthal, which Bernthal. is... And Barenthal, I'm a fan of both, by the way. way. Bernthal's oh, amazing. He's a yeah, piece. he's sick. I'm, I'm a fan of both of those guys. But Shy, what an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. You know? What, very talented. Very talented. Like I said, Transformers wasn't Transformers when he no longer was in it. And I love Mark Wahlberg, but it's a different story when it's him... And uh, the 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 girl. Megan every Fox. time I forget her name, Megan Fox. First one, second one. You were in it. Yeah, Once Shy wasn't in, it was it was you know different what, I, to me. Obviously, I love Mark. I've never seen a, a frame of a Transformers movie. Not <laughs> once. I swear to God, not I one second it. of it have I ever yeah. seen. Not the first or the second one. I didn't even know there was a second one. Oh, well, actually, sure. I, I thought Mark was Shy. the only one. To no, know. I mean, man. If you just watch the first no. one. It's not my thing. Yeah, he's he he's a, he's just but a very what, talented guy. What, when Shia, maybe it was a kid actor thing, but a lot of what he talks about is like Hollywood just chews you up and spits you out, and you know he sounds like an eighty year old like yeah. haggard lady, like yeah. you don't know what it's like in Hollywood, and they <laughs> yeah. they use you and abuse you. Like, what is that? I mean, by the way, that happens. It didn't happen to him. <laughs> he did it to himself. That <laughs> yeah. guy could have run away with it and had, you know. I mean, I don't think Mark looks at Hollywood as a place that has chewed him up and spit him out. And that's why Kanye, you're like, what are you talking about? There's people yeah. who would kill to be in one fiftieth of your position, you know? So, but it is, it is, it's a tough town. There's no question about it. And I've watched it. I've been out there, what, I, the day I graduated college, I went there in 1990. 
And I've I've seen uh, a lot of people come and go. It's, is it tough because it's competitive? There's egos. There's money. It's, it's just backstabbing. Times it's, change. I mean, like, you know, again, I don't I, I I don't look for anybody's empathy or pity. I don't give a flying fuck. But if you watch like where Entourage suddenly went from like this critically acclaimed popular thing to all of a sudden I would wake up, I would like, right as my kids were like starting to read news and shit, all of a sudden it was like every day, let's re-examine Entourage yeah. and all of its problematic themes. And, yet, you know, and that, whether anyone, it has real world effects. So the town starts hearing it and the fucking clowns in, in Hollywood start to go, well, we can't, we can't do that. We can't get involved with that thing. We want to go with that thing. Literally, so, they do that. Yeah. Now, if you're, if you just had something, if the Entourage movie would have made a billion dollars, then I would have been able to do whatever I want, but it didn't. So, but it really came out. If you look at the Entourage movie, which honestly it is, we, uh, that movie tested so high that that the president of Warner Brothers like sent me the tracking numbers and said, you know, frame this because you'll never see it again and start writing Entourage 2. And I said, I will not write one syllable until I see this movie open. <laughs> and the weird thing is, is you could watch the movie and and like I know the fake people will go, oh, it sucked. It's exactly what season one was, which yeah. people say was their favorite. Mm -hmm. And I made strong, but when you read the reviews on it, it was all about misogyny yeah. and how these guys are this and that. And the the whether the world had changed, certainly the critics had changed, you know? And you saw a world that, honestly, none of us saw coming. Because that was probably, probably came out two years before the Me Too movement. But it was it was brewing. And, you know, that that's fine. So, you know, I always say about, you know, you either adapt or you die and you know people talk about cancel culture like it's this new thing you know andrew dice clay is a close friend of mine uh, he was canceled in 1990 lenny bruce was canceled in the 70s so this is not new stuff um and the difference now is as you say with joe rogan it's really hard to really cancel somebody now is it easy for a director who gets into trouble to go get 50 million dollars from a studio to make a movie no but there are other ways like I'm doing now with the, with this new show and Joe does with a podcast. Like he's not cancelable even if Spotify didn't want him on their networks. He he'd put it out himself and he'd still have the same How how much you trust Rotten Tomatoes? Well, I think Rotten Tomatoes is just like a a survey of of all the reviewers, right? I mean, so I don't know. I don't I don't really I don't really look at it, but I don't I don't know. Why? You you think they're up to something or uh, <clears throat> listen, here's my motto with Rotten Tomatoes. If if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, pick a movie, okay? Just go to, no, you're going to Dave Chappelle. Go to Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that, I see what you're doing. Go for it. Go to Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so if you go here uh, to zoom in, okay, so check this out. Whatever the tomato modder says, I don't trust. Yeah. The audience score, I trust. So this is Dave Chappelle special. <laughs> Got so, 99%, but, but 25,000. Yeah, tomato, tomato meter, meter yeah. What? That is like a survey of real critics. Yep, exactly. So how much credibility does that have in your space? Well, it has zero in my brain space, but <laughs> unfortunately or not, you know, look, at the end of the day, it's a money-making business. So you can, like Dave Chappelle has no problems with that 35% because it's not going to affect them because the audience loves it. Um, click, click on some of the reviews. Let's, I mean, this is three years ago. Edgy but empty. Edgy no, the, 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 the 35%. We know the world loved it. 99%. I, I don't know if I've seen a 99%. Yeah, so these are like allegedly Zoom the in. real critics. But who are yeah. the real critics? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Zoom in. No, go up a little bit so we can read the... She's a top critic. Okay, Chappelle is fascinating, sophisticated, and wasn't her great. 
their colors on there. I can't get behind their, uh, what was it? Their moments in this special that I can't get behind, can get. But there were others I'm shocked that Netflix gave the go-ahead. Okay, cool. This guy's from uh, Pool Whatever. By the way, City that's a Press. critic that's just stupid because Netflix, <laughs> Netflix doesn't give the go-ahead. They, they exactly. let Dave Chappelle go, and he did what he did, and they put it on, and you can judge it however yep. you want. So yeah. watch Eddie Murphy, Delirious, from 30 oh years my ago, God. which I, you know, now I'll get canceled because I, I memorized every single line of that. Yeah. You and me both. I mean, you know, that it, it was a different time. Now, maybe, obviously, you don't want to abuse any of the people that he may have been making fun of which again it's i It's called comedy though. It's called comedy make people laugh like you know i went to i went to the American Film Institute which was uh is considered like you know one of the best film schools in the country. And the first film i did what they do with you is they um <laughs> it's crazy. They you show your film and to the whole crowd of students and everybody which is probably like 2 or 300 people. Then you have to go sit on stage and you can't say a word. While they critique you. Oh, God. So I put my first film on, which I had David Schwimmer, pre-friends in, I think, and a couple other people. And uh, everybody laughed their asses off. And I was like the only comedy guy there. Everybody laughed, laughed their asses off. Then I get up on stage and people go, funny, 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 which it wasn't meant to be much more than that. And then the, the professor, he starts going, well, but, 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 but. And then they all started attacking me. Like one after the other, how useless this was, how pointless this was, how how it didn't change the world, it didn't affect anybody, blah, blah, blah. So then, and this at the time, the school for the second year, only like 12 out of the 30 directors would get into this program. I mean, like Darren Aronofsky didn't get into the second year wow. of this program, okay? I was the only one who did not apply, but I made a film that made fun of the school. I had the... The teacher of the school was like, you know, like, you know, I don't want to go to the Jewish thing, but he was like a Nazi commander and like whatever. And when when I put my film up that everybody laughed at and he turned on me, all the all the students turned into sheep and they chased me out like Frankenstein out of the school. <laughs> he did not show up at the screening of the school. The only time the entire year. And I had students there who were friends of mine who were actually people who worked on Ramble On that didn't want to work on that project because they were scared they'd get canceled at the school, wow. at AFI in 1991. And I think that's part of the whole thing. You, you, Of course you have a fear. And that's why I say, while, while I wanted Adidas to throw Kanye out, I get the conversations were not fucking easy. And I, and I would love to say that I would just walk away from $100 million right now not to work with somebody who, who had not opinions. Again, that's the thing that people say, by the way. He's entitled to his opinion. No, if you think all Jews suck, you're not entitled to that fucking opinion, okay? I don't know what else to say. It's stupid, you're ignorant, and it makes no sense to anyone who has a brain. But I understand there are a lot of things at play when you get into these situations. And when you're talking about Chappelle, who is clearly the greatest living comedian right now, he may say something that offends you. He may say something that offends me. I'm sure he has. But if it's funny, it's funny. Like Ricky Gervais' show. Did you watch that <laughs> yeah, one? I mean, I mean, geez. He's on a whole different level. You know, and, and I'm talking Afterlife. Did you watch Afterlife? No, I haven't seen oh Afterlife. I mean, you talk Anything about, I watch with him, I'm blown away. You talk about anti-PC stuff that he says and gets away with because I, I think like Larry David these are just and it's why I say and and I'm not even putting myself anywhere near those leagues but but I believe I know how to walk those lines and I walked them 
in 2003. Nobody was ever coming after us for Entourage in 2003. I believe the same thing with the new show. But Afterlife, Ricky Gervais show, he's such a fucking genius. Yeah. And Larry Go on also, Rotten Tomatoes. So. Let's see how good Afterlife and, is. And really. Have you guys of seen course. comedians in cars getting coffee with uh, yeah, Chris yeah. Yeah. Trust me, watch the episode with Ricky Gervais. He oh, says, I, You know what? I will. I will. Dude, I'm telling you right now, he tells a stand-up comedy joke to Jerry Seinfeld, and Jerry almost falls on the floor. It's one of the funniest. <laughs> oh, I know. It's the, uh, the, 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 the Jewish, Jewish guy. Wow. The yeah, yeah, how brilliant yeah. is that joke? All right, so 71%. Wow. Now, again, I, you know, the show the show's depressing at the same time it's about like him losing his wife but there's things he does in that show that you go okay i can't believe anyone but nobody's telling ricky gervais like don't do this you know and and by the way even on entourage and hbo like carolyn strauss who was you know the the head at the time there were some things that i wrote and she's like i like i don't like this but i'm not telling you what to do it's your thing go go do it and I think that's that's how it should be, and again, that's why let Kanye he he should be on Twitter spewing his garbage. It's sad, and people should tell him why it is. But ninety nine percent to thirty seven percent with Kanye when it comes down to his special, he did just tells Chappelle. me how redi- no Chappelle yeah, yeah. It's, it just tell you it tells Kanye me how has a comedy it. special coming out yeah. now <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's just, I brought up Rotten Tomatoes. I wonder, like, in your world, does anybody give a shit? Does it, do people call you and tell you, well, your score sucks? I'm not going to give you another, you know, we're not going to invest into the next project. But I mean, apparently you don't really care much about it. Well, I mean, if I had a movie coming out, I certainly would want the critics to like it. You know, because it, it can't test. hurt. Let's but test I'd rather some make money than the critics like. Give a movie yeah. you like. Give a movie you like. Name a movie you like. I don't know. Pick a movie that's new. Okay, go to Top Gun. Old I mean, everybody liked Top Gun. Top the Gun one that be, just, Top Okay, Gun go to Maverick. Good. Top Gun will be It should be higher. good on both sides, that right? That was pretty... You know, I, I don't think they offended anybody with that. Okay, movie. good. That was actually, wow. by the way, they literally yeah. didn't even say who the enemy was in Top Gun. Yeah. Which yeah. Is like ridiculous. who they attacked. They didn't, you don't even know who they attacked. Yeah. It was in the desert, but you don't know which desert it was in. Yeah. Give me another one. Give me another one that maybe is a little. Old school. Okay, go to old school. Uh, old school today. Oh, you know what? Tropic Thunder would be a good one. Oh, that'd be great. 60%. Yeah, exactly. It's offensive. Go to Tropic <laughs> Thunder. Go to Tropic Thunder. 60 versus 86. Tropic Thunder. Let's see if it's still. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, wow. Which is crazy. 71. But that, that's flipped. That's reversed. Yeah. Well, that was Weird. a long time ago. You know, you also don't know ago. who's coming out. I mean, you ever read uh, you, you ever read your podcast reviews? I mean, I get podcast reviews like, fuck you out. There's too much <laughs> advertising. One star. You know, like you don't yeah. know what people's agenda yeah. is or mm-hmm. what their, their thing is. But I don't want to say I don't care, but I would prefer that the audience is like me than the critics like me. I think that's a perfect timing. Today's sponsor is Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) We'd like to thank them for the reviews they give us. Speaking of Chappelle, I mean, talk about meteoric. I mean, he he was doing his thing in movies and all that. But when Chappelle's show came out, I want to say that was that 04, 05? Is that what it was? Three or four. Yeah. Right around 04 for sure. There's no chance that people can do what he was doing. He was doing whiteface. Yeah. yeah, like he flipped it on people. You can do whiteface, though. I think. Yeah. That, okay. Well, well that's man, a whole other conversation. Well, I mean, Eddie Murphy did. You can't do blackface. You can do whiteface. Did you ever see Eddie Murphy? I mean, that on the old bus. Sketch? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I so once was a white man. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, well, Dave Chappelle did the black white supremacist, the blind yes. guy. Like, By the way, I, I, yes. I don't want to get into this because it, it's only trouble. But Billy Crystal played Sammy Davis. Yeah. I think he won Emmys, and <laughs> I have no idea whether. African Americans were offended at the time. Oh my! God. And and if they were, of course you feel bad about it. But I just wish 
I don't know. I just wish comedy was comedy. Oh. And, and you know what? Like, I don't know. Even Sarah Silverman said Jews should play Jews. I mean, Jim Sheridan, you were talking about Daniel Day-Lewis. I think Jim Sheridan, the director of, of My Left Foot, apologized for not, I think. I don't want I, I hope I'm not making that up for not casting an actual paraplegic. Now, there's not a fucking able-bodied human being on the world that could play that part, but, you know, we're getting into this place where, you know, now uh, Darren Aronofsky's actually got a new movie out, and I read critics going, why wouldn't they cast a real 400-pound man? Why would they put him in a bodysuit? And you go, this is a fucking movie. It's supposed to be people acting like different human beings. That's the point. And, And it's art is supposed to hopefully... Hopefully that movie helps people empathize with with. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say fat. I don't even. Yeah, know. no, don't you ever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you, by you, the way, I'm about, a little fat. I'm skinny. Well, yeah. What, what, what about Eddie Murphy playing a bunch of different fat characters? Oh my Nutty god, Professor. Which, by the way, that was the first time I really got aware of Chappelle in the Nutty Professor. That yeah. scene where he is played the shitlocks guy. Yeah, he was the comedian. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's it's still Reggie one of Love, the, the funniest scene. You got shitlocks, and I, you know I I watched a lot like um, Don Rickles, who was one of my favorites. I watched all those Dean Martin, all those roasts, and you want to talk about comedy? There was black, there was Latino, and everybody shit on everybody, and everybody went home and they were okay. Listen, he, all those great legendary Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner, these guys are liberals, and if you watch Blazing Saddles, which now they'll probably black be, oh, sure. There'll yeah. be warnings or or the jerk, which I always thought, you know, oh. now I'm I, it makes me uncomfortable to watch it. But Steve Martin says Steve Martin. I, don't, I don't know if you remember the line, but I remember the whole movie. <laughs> these guys say to him, now that he's successful, he has to be careful about the N-words. And Steve Martin, who was raised by an African yeah. American family, proudly stands up and says, I am <laughs> The N-word, you know, and I'm sure now, I don't know, they probably edited it out, but yep. I, I know Carl Reiner was a, a, and I don't want to say the word liberal, because now the word liberal is fucking horrible, but he was a person who believed in equality for everybody, and he was trying to move the needle forward, as Norman Lear was, and, and Mel Brooks, so it's just, it's very upsetting to see all of did you see? Did you see, you said the fat, can you say it or not, did you see the Taylor Swift <laughs> fat thing that she had to remove the clip out of her new, oh God, did you see no, that or no? No. So there, she's standing on a scale. There's a she's standing on a scale in the music video, and here let me show, send you this. It's a the best one is Buzzfeed because Buzzfeed definitely is a uh, edited buzz kill. Match. But uh, let me just send this buzz one kill. to you. Um, show this one here. Yeah, it's from Buzzfeed. That's the one. Zoom in a little bit so we can see it. Yeah. So Teresa has removed the fat scale from her anti-hero music video on Apple Music, and uh, keep going up, keep going up to see the picture. Read the warning though. Where's the warning? warning? This post contains mentions of eating so disorders. <laughs> keep going up. Warning. Keep going up, Taylor. Tyler, keep going. Okay, however, a scene where Taylor stands shamefully on a scale that I, I, reads, I mean, are you fat are has you received kidding? some backlash. <laughs> what is going My on? concern I mean, is more her small little pinky toe than it is the <laughs> fat concept. I yeah. mean, it's truly, it's truly scary what's going on. And, and you know, everybody should embrace brace who they are and everybody's got their limitations but also everybody should try to be as healthy as possible yeah. i mean it's just that simple and but and here's you know. here's what's been proven okay uh, uh uh being skinny is not healthy okay we know that like the being skinny being okay, too, too skinny, skinny. anorexic yeah, fine. of course but for sure being overweight and fat has Obese. no at all zero benefits to anybody yeah. Uh, and and for for people to not be able to talk logic and just openly talk about that, that's very very problematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you can't talk about that, so they they forced her to remove this. Just so you know, from the music video. 
I think it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you can't you can't, you this can't is, hurt anybody's feelings. This is not a Babylon B article, by the way. This no, is this real. is a uh, this is a true. It's not satire. It's actually what happened. By the way, you see what it says though has some backlash, and that's the problem. Like, who is this backlash from? Mm-hmm. And 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 where are the other people on the other side to go? You know what? I want to yeah. see what Taylor Swift thinks is funny. I want to actually like get inside of the knowledge of these artists and what they really think instead of being you know pasteurized through everything so. i'm just wondering if if we're raising just a generation of freaking wussies where just words hurt them if you're not getting your pronoun the way you want it you're offended like right now we've got bigger concerns like china's coming for us from a global macro perspective like you, you think china well, is, I, I is, think don't, is don't be don't be anti-asian uh, I'm, don't, hey, don't do that hate, i'm sorry adam. i'm not don't do that i'm not don't because you just you offend, hey hey adam? oh did i just I no, offend but, what, you? but what he didn't but, do and again i'm not i'm not on either side i don't know who i'm gonna vote for in anything right now but he didn't go with china did. China did. That's his accent, though. No, that was him going, fuck you, I'll say whatever the fuck I want, yeah. and I don't care what f- yeah. ramifications it has. But the reality was, it is what they did. It is what they came from. I understand, but yeah. you could also say this, this disease came from China, but he also could have said, listen, I need everybody to remember what this country did during World War II yeah. in turning Japanese people. We don't turn on people because of what they are or what the government, by the way. You think the fucking yeah. Chinese people are enjoying their government? You think they like being on 24-hour lockdowns with helicopters going overhead or their fucking dogs getting beaten with sticks in the street? Yeah. So I just think you can say if you're the goddamn president. And by the way, Biden sucks also with his, you know, turning everyone against each other when he was supposed to be the unifier. But you can get on and go, look, we believe this virus came from China, but do not, A, do not blame Chinese people. Certainly don't blame people in America who are trying to live their lives. And, and if he said that, I believe it would have an effect, whether it Sim- stopped one person yeah. from getting attacked. You, you, you live in utopia. That's, that's what you, <laughs> you, you live in a, uh, a, you're writing a little too much and you're living in a imaginary world Tell that's not real. So Tell me how. What, pre- what no. president before him would have spoken? Stop like it. Stop it. So you, you, want, you want to go up against a country that says they want to take over the world by 2025, made in China. You want a soft guy going up against them with the current way no, we're handling China? No, I don't no, want you, soft you're going to need a guy that's got the brass balls to face those guys. Quite frankly, I don't care if it's him. I don't care if it's Clinton. I don't care if it was a JFK, a liberal, a Republican. Someone that's got brass to face a country like that I, I, I'm that is you. nonstop bullying. So, I did not speak I, anything yeah. about not standing up to them. I spoke about a but Chinese Americans. Yeah. B just Chinese. I think people. you're just offended that he the way he says China sounds like a vagina. China. 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 That's the, but by that's the how way, he talks. By the way, I'm, it's not even that China. I can China. say I'm necessarily say? offended. I just know that that's the type of stuff that causes a bunch of fucking animosity in this country with people. Oh like, my gosh! You know, you're, then that just. You've been in LA too much, and you've softened up a little. I'm not you gotta, soft at all. Yes, I, you're I, from New York. To go back to the New York days, New York hey, people are Trump tough. Trump is you, from New York. Three of you guys here have spent. I'm I'm a, I'm a guy that lived in LA twenty some years. I, you, too too sensitive on stuff to say when you're it's, going. It's again. It's not about my sensitivity. Yeah. It's about how it. Look at the fucking country. We're almost at a civil war. Who what? though? Who caused that? It doesn't matter who caused it. It's you need someone to come out and speak. Oh, the, yeah, I the don't disagree with who has that. No fucking other purpose in life than to try to keep. Dude, calm. can you imagine if for three and a half years people said Doug Ellens 
financed through freaking North Korea. Yeah. And everyone in Hollywood starts believing it, and no one wants to do business with you. How would you like that? So let's just no, say, wait, what, what, how would, if, if they said, coming for, from? It's coming. I just want them not to I say, tell you, Doug Ellen. I tell you. Doug Ellen. How's it? Where's that coming from? For, for three and a half years, they said this guy was tied to China, to, to, Russia. to Russia. To Russia. Yeah, yeah. How are you going to handle you that? They say that every day. You say they said that. Every media, 24-7. So is that okay for them to do that? Every politician has gone through shit. I mean, again, now maybe yeah. Clinton deserved it with, with the Monica Lewinsky. I don't care. But, but, but again, I don't Monica care. is none don't of my care. business. I don't care Between either. him and his wife. The president of the United States, that's just so I'm clear, so everyone doesn't attack me as a fucking libtard. I lost one of my oldest friends because he's a fucking cult-living Trump lunatic. That's I not us. I don't. I am not a liberal at all. But the president of the United States, which again, Biden did the same shit. Oh, the MAGAs are killing us. The president of the United States should say every fucking day we need to all come together. That's his only purpose. He's a fucking idiot anyway. Both of them are, by the way. They are. These are not like the great intelligence. I know he wants to show that's his IQ safe, test. I'd love a, to see it. I, you know, that's a safe cop-out. And, and, and let me challenge you. That's my opinion. It's yeah. a safe cop-out. And, and, and the reason why I say it's a, it's a safe cop-out, it's because it's, it's when you know you know, if you were to measure policy to policy, which is what matters. That's what we should be talking about. You, we but, don't. But you weren't worried about that from 16 to 2020. You were not. You weren't worried about policies. You weren't worried about Ukraine. You weren't worried about Taiwan. You weren't worried about Iran. You weren't worried about Afghanistan. You weren't worried about that stuff. You weren't worried about the economy. You weren't worried about unemployment. You weren't worried about any of that stuff. The only thing you were worried about is this guy cannot stop talking shit. And 90% of the stuff that he says on Twitter should be, that's what everybody was pissed off about. Fine. Credibility is true. You're right. Yeah. He did too much of that. But today, policies. Tell me what policies has made America better the last two and a half years. Again, like I said, yes, I'm so, not talking yeah. policy at all. But, but you said policy is what matters the most. That's what we should be talking that's about. That's what we should be talking yeah, about. Somebody, and, that's, and that's why you see, though, you know. You like these policies, yeah. and you're going to get them back. And that's what elections are for, and that's what it's all about. But I just believe the president should do his best to keep people calm. <laughs> that's what I believe. Ah, uh, 100%. That's We're it. on the same page with that. I I, I think uh, 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 using too much of emotions to pin people against each other, again, it's a very effective marketing method that both sides use, but unfortunately, sometimes it divides. But, I, gu but I guess that's what I'm saying. The biggest thing about the president, they shouldn't be so fucking thin-skinned. I'm not saying I'm not right, by the way. You're saying, what would I do? First of all, I would never want to be president. That's first of all. <laughs> Second of all, like we talked about this on the podcast, if like Connolly and I, Kevin Connolly and I, if we were king, I'd be a very violent king, but I'm not. I was not voted in, and I did not, you know, say, which Trump did, by the way, just like Biden, right before he became president, he said, I'm going to bring everyone together. And I said, right right before he started, I go, you know what? He, he won the election how he had to. They always get nasty. And you know what he's going to get? I don't mean nice. You don't have to be nice. But you have to fucking bring people together. Because right now, to me, the country, it was bad even in 2016 when you weren't worrying about economics. You were worried that your best friend wanted to punch you in the face because he thought you liked this one or that. So... I just think it's a it's a sad time. It really is, and um, and I think that the fact that we can turn you say and why I say I am not on any side. There is no turning on cops on January sixth, just like there's no turning on cops at a mall in fucking Minneapolis. It's the same shit. You cannot hit a cop. And what I believe, police reform. 
No, we need to, the, the existing laws need to be, you know, used. Like cops cannot be violent, but not all cops are violent. Mm-hmm. And we need cops desperately. It's just like, oh, we're learning so, that. It's so stupid that it's, it's, it's mind boggling. Yeah. You know? we, by the way, we had the mayor of Westwood on, and, and the mayor of Westwood was uh, talking about getting rid of cops and, well, what they're going to replace it with is... You know, the yellow jacket. Yellow, yellow jacket. Oh, you ever seen this one with yellow... Uh, ambassadors. Uh, yeah, yeah, like psychologists. Yeah. By the way, I've been, in, I've been in therapy for 20 years. It's never done a fucking thing of good for me. I want to go up to a guy with a machine gun and go, I'd really like to talk to you. Let me, let me see what's troubling you today. Yeah, but, lay down on the sidewalk. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. You know, I got in trouble for that when Biden said the cops should shoot people like in the in the fucking calves. Yeah. And and the truth is, is if anyone's ever worked with a gun and, and my son has volunteered, my son who played Ari's son on the show has volunteered with police for since he was literally 10 right. years old. Oh, wow. Respect. And, and to think that you would say something so stupid if someone like let me aim for his fucking femur while he's trying to kill me, you know, with whatever. But. Sex, sex, you got to stop right now. I'm sorry. Hang, hang tight for a second. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, go ahead. Stop go ahead. Do what you're doing. Yeah, you're I was yeah. Like in the military. You yeah. have to aim for center mass the whole time. It's just... Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you were saying oh, that. Yeah. I was doing something. No, no, no. I'm, I'm yeah. role-playing you yeah, yeah. talking to no, the you, guy to shoot him in the spleen. You have to stop the threat. Exactly. And I'm not interested in, in unfortunately, discussing what the problem is. I would rather figure it out after I'm alive and I can still provide for my children. But I think it's it's a really sad thing. My question, though, is did they ever believe this or was this a thing that they thought could get them some attention, get them into power? I, I don't you, know. I think I you're mean, right. I think you know? that's what they did. It's yeah. just what everybody says are, uh, during a certain time. They support it, and right. then when it doesn't work, they say, we never agreed to that. That exactly. was the other guys' idea, not was, our idea. I was telling my son that during the whole election. I'm like, like most of these people don't believe this for one second, you know, but... Doug, what do you think about Elon Musk buying uh, uh, Twitter and firing everybody? So he fired 75. He, you heard about it. He fired the CEO. He fired the Love CFO. It. He fired a bunch of Good. C-suites. He came to... Put up the picture of him going to work day one with a kitchen sink. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. He walked up yeah. to the headquarters. What do you think about him buying a Twitter? Well, Should we be every, worried? I saw everybody put the, I don't know if you saw it, but all over Twitter they put, you know, Ari Gold from Entourage walking into yes. the office yeah. with, with his yes. paint gun with and shooting him. Yes. yes. Which is probably like, that's oh. problematic. You're, you're teaching people to shoot people in the office. Yeah. But I think my hope is is really hopeful because, I mean, by the way, I've been suspended from Instagram. I've been, I, you know how many times I've been you called have? a yeah, dirty yeah, Jew and, and this, and I responded. <laughs> and and it's so bizarre because I watch Michael Rappaport, who I think, you know, is, is funny as hell. He doesn't seem to get suspended. He's much more aggressive than I am. But I, I got suspended for three months. I couldn't get in touch with anybody. Um, and it was just for responding to people who were saying shit to me. So I hope, you know, again, threats violent threats um, should not be on Twitter. I'm going to kill you yeah. or let's go blow up a building. But you should be able to speak freely. I believe that 100%, you know. What, what, so what's the kitchen sink reference here with Elon Musk? Like Meaning he bought the whole kitchen sink? Throwing everything out okay, except the kitchen gone. sink. You know? uh, that is pretty well, hilarious. That's his... funny. He's downstairs and then upstairs, all the guys upstairs are like, wait, he's here with a <laughs> kitchen sink? Oh, we're fucked. We got to get out of here. His <laughs> pun was he tweeted, uh, let that sink in. I oh. just Twitter, let that sink in. That I'll is... tell you, he looks a lot thinner than that picture on the yacht. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, Shit, so <laughs> By the way, though, he got shamed. He and he did something. Yeah, yep. big Bully. deal. Ah. By the way, people have shamed me all the time. Yeah, like, you're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too this. You're too that. So yeah. I mean, you try to improve. 
You're too funny, Doug. By the too way, I've never said that. <laughs> did, did you? Did you? Uh, uh, people are losing their did minds. Did you say did you or did you? <laughs> ah, <laughs> I see what you're trying to do here. He's trying to spin it on me. I got offended by this guy calling me a did you. But uh, no, people are losing their minds. They're going crazy over what's going on with him today and what's going to happen. You know, God, right now, I tweeted this morning. I said. A good day for free thinkers, a bad day for cancel culture disciples, because he said the bird is freed. And you should see what Elon, some, Elon tweeted that. Elon tweeted, uh, the bird is freed. Mm-hmm. And I retweeted oh, saying gotcha. a good day for free thinkers, yeah. a bad day for cancel uh, culture disciples. There are literally people who are losing their minds knowing this guy owns yeah. Twitter now. And you know he wants to keep himself as a CEO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you realize what and that take means? take it private. You realize what this means? This means if he's CEO, he's CEO of Tesla, he's CEO of SpaceX, this guy's got three <laughs> jobs as CEOs of mm-hmm. multi, multi-billion dollar companies. Yeah. Yeah. You think Neuro- this guy's getting a lot of sleep? Boring company. Can I, can I ask you a question? But no. Has he, uh, all the people that were canceled, like Trump and everybody, have they, when's, when's their... Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to reinstate Trump's not going to go back, though. He's not? He's not going to go back. Oh, because he's on the street. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. go back. I think that is a horrible move on Trump's end. I How do you not I, go back to Twitter? He'll be back. That's what I was going to say. No, I, think he's, I, I don't I'm believe that back. for one Let's second. He'll be back on Twitter. And by the way, he may he may add truth social to every single tweet. If he's smart, yeah. that's what he would do. But uh, he'll be back. In two seconds, he'll be back. Yeah, I mean, so, so all you're looking for is eyeballs. By the way, I love how you believe him. Like yeah. he said, he won't be back. Yeah, but, okay. but no, I mean, if he, if he if he wants to drive value to truth, he shouldn't. If he wants to drive value to Truth Social, he shouldn't come back to Twitter because Truth Social was a spack, and a lot of people put up a lot of money. And to keep those guys loyal, the money guys, yeah. you kind of got to stay on. But just Truth getting Social. on Twitter to his—I don't know how many people did he have? A hundred oh, million? He had a lot of people. Like to people. start telling them, "Hey, start switching over yeah, to Truth I, Social." I don't think it's. Oh, that part is a different story. But, Pat, but I, who I don't think is he, logging on to Truth Social. What? I don't what, even know how you do it. To be what, honest, with you. What, it's an app. What? It's anyone an app, who's yeah. center or anywhere yeah. left yeah. of center is even thinking about Truth Social. I've never been on, so I have no and idea. You're on the, and you're center right. Yeah, I've never been on Truth Social. That's my point. But what I'm telling you, dude, if, forget about this for a second. If you own Truth Social, mm-hmm. okay, and he owns a lot of it, and he can make real good money off Truth Social if he does it right. If you own Truth Social, you don't want your tweets to be put on Twitter. You don't want your posts to be on Twitter. You want it to be on Truth Social so people want to find out what the hell you're talking about. That's free advertisement for you. But he'll, he'll say, I got more to say. On Truth Social, he'll get, but he yeah. can control himself. Out I there. actually don't think he, that he won't be able to stop. He loves tweeting. He won't be able to stop. No, no, no. The guy can't help himself. And, <laughs> and by the way, every media uh, platform in America misses him. CNN's profits miss him. Of course, a lot of people lost their but jobs at saying, CNN. It's all, a, miss mo- him. It's all people, a big movie, and we're all pa- suckers. Pa- yeah. Yeah. People miss this guy. CNN one thousand percent is hoping behind the curtains that he runs and he wins because that's the old. That's that's when they were at their peak. Russia, race, maybe the money every, guys, maybe the, the money, money guys. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, once he yeah. was gone, and that the, the whole Russia, and then he's gone, and and it, they just fell apart. There's nothing. There's no COVID. There's no nothing for them to talk about. So they better, they better be hoping that he comes back. How soon after midterms do you think he announces his candidacy? 
Five know. seconds. Right then and there. Yeah. Right. He's just waiting until after midner, midterms. Yeah, well, especially now that it's looking like it's going to be. I mean, that's why I'm saying this bath. is all a movie. It like is. it was going to be a red wave. And then all of a sudden the abortion issue came out and it was like, oh, the whole world changed. And it didn't. And now we're exactly where they thought they were going to be six months ago. I think Michael Moore thinks that it's going to be a blue wave. Still, as of like I when? I guess so. As of when? As of, I don't know, when was that? Story? Who said that? Who Michael, said that? Moore, Michael Moore. He's delusional, bro. That guy's you, like, No, no, but, but Michael Moore is the guy who said that he thought Trump would win in 2015. So he said recently, though? Yes. Uh, again, I, I only, like, I shouldn't listen to the polls because Trump said I shouldn't, and he was right. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Moore, what happened days, to Pelosi's husband? Ago. Blue tsunami. Yeah. How long ago was that? Three days ago. Three days ago. Well, how, what kind of what kind of polling are you looking at when you think there's going to be a blue wave all of a sudden? Maybe I, again. Well, maybe people polls, saw Fetterman. I remember my, you know, and they I, were inspired. Fetterman I went to high really, school with Michael Cohn. Okay, really? Yeah. And when he said, "What polls? What polls?" I, I think I texted him. I'm like, "Is there something wrong with you?" And there wasn't. He was he was right. That's so Michael Cohen, you went to high school, yeah, yeah. but you're texting Michael Cohen. Yeah, I texted. Is him. there anybody that's done a 180 more than that guy? Yes, there's plenty of people, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 that's why I think we're all suckers. I've always been just the same, and I'm like, I look at a lot of them, I go, I can't, just fucking, I tell my girlfriend all the time, I should be a sociopath. I mean, I could do so much better as a fucking sociopath than trying to be, like, truthful and honest, but, and I'm not saying Michael Cohn's a sociopath. And I, like, Doug, I like Michael. Bell. And Doug asked, what happened with Nancy Pelosi's husband? Did something happen with her, with her husband recently? Well, the it, drunk driving thing was months yeah, ago. Yeah, so. something just happened with, but I think you guys were talking about him Today, right? Breaking Paul news. Pelosi's husband's husband of uh, attack zoom in. With hammer. What? What? Zoom in. Where'd you see hammer? Was he right there? Dude, the attack first one with CNN. hammer. CNN just click yeah. on that. What? Paul Pelosi, husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, attack with hammer at home. Not by what her though. <laughs> zoom in. <laughs> by his wife. Zoom in. By a male assailant. What? what that broke in. Hammer in San Francisco. What's well, San Francisco? What do you expect? He's Pelosi, hospitalized. 82, was hospitalized. Expected to make full recovery. Yeah. Jesus. The U.S. Capitol Police Reserve statement. There's only FBI. Interesting. Yeah. I guess, well, you know what? That's my point. And maybe you think I live in utopia, but I think we're getting into a place where we're going to start seeing stuff like this. Like, and again, whoever you agree with or don't agree with, there's going to be, it's just getting more violent. That's what it feels like to me. So I would like to go to the utopia that you think I live in. You live in that world. I think I've always been ahead of the curve, and I'm watching watching us drive off a fucking cliff right now. That's what I see. Like, you know, it's like the movie Never Ending Story. Remember Never Ending (laughs) Uh, Story? Yeah. I would love to live in that. Uh, (laughs) I would love to sit on the hard But does she live in San Francisco, or is she in L.A.? She's got a lot. Or Sacramento. She's everywhere. Do you ever spend time in San Fran? I mean, I haven't recently, and I have no interest right now, but I've been there, and it's a beautiful city. Is it way worse than L.A.? Because I know we've been saying how, way, how bad it's, L.A. It's, is. It's, it's way worse than L.A. from everything I hear, yeah. It's like yeah. Port- Portland and San Fran are pretty much the same. Yeah. People just zombies in the streets, and it's homeless, and it's crime. And I, did you see Bill Burr, though? It was interesting. Bill Burr did, like, talking about the difference between homeless people 30 years ago and now. It was really, really funny. Because it was, like, 30 years ago. They were just, you know, it just... He, you got to watch it. I don't want to try to imitate Bill Burr, but it was really funny because 30 years ago, you did not have this fear of homeless people. They, you know, now you really do. And they seem, so I don't know what, I don't know what changed in the, in the homeless world, but it's, it's not. Social media. I saw a homeless guy being like, Hey guys, (laughs) follow me on my YouTube channels. You're homeless, buddy. What are you doing right now? How the hell do you have a cell phone? The mental, the mental, the mentally ill situation is just getting worse. By the way, if a homeless person started a YouTube channel, Documenting what their lives look like, I actually think that channel would blow up. I'm, oh, I, I, if Vinny, if a person a from LA, no, no, right. serious, yeah, I'm actually being very. What you just did right now, if a person in LA 
who's truly homeless documented what's really going on of a life. First of all, within six months, he's not homeless anymore because AdSense is going to make him money. But that's I would want to see what's know, but, going on. But there. I, again, I don't. And I I feel terrible for homeless people. But a lot of them do not. They don't want to be indoors. They want to keep this life. Yeah. And also, they're when, outdoor. Cats. When you're joking about the social media, there is some communication going on. I had a guy, homeless guy. Uh, come to my house at two thirty in the morning, and I'm way up in the hills. Nobody comes there. I don't get trick or treaters. I don't get neighbors. I don't get anything. And this guy came. I have two German shepherds. I have four legally obtained weapons. Yes. And um, in California. Yeah, this is about two months ago, and I have it on video too, and it was terrifying. And and my girl and I was also high as hell. And <laughs> my my girlfriend, you know, the doorbell rings. My dogs go nuts. They're at the window, and and you can see them. And you wouldn't want to walk into my house, I don't think, unless you're crazy. And I I watch them. I have it all on video. Him going and and it's sad because he's muttering to himself. He'll kill the dogs, whatever. And I, I answered with my, my, my highness and my gun. Yeah. And I'm like, hello. And he asked me for an address. Like, asked, He said, is this this address? Not in a clear tone, but he said it. And I said, no. And he walked away muttering about killing my dogs, something like that. And then the next day on Citizens, the address he asked for, there was a break-in. Jeez. And what I think was happening, because it was a house that was for sale, they get... They squat, so I don't think he. Wow. I don't think he was coming to kill me or anything like that. I think he was coming looking for an empty home so he can squat in. So that particular homeless guy wanted to be in. And and I just want to say, just you know, not in my utopia, but I have done the the Chrysalis uh, is is a charity that helps homeless people, and I I've done some stuff with them, and there are a ton of great people out there that are hard on their luck that do need help for sure. But we have to do something about the violence yeah. and the danger. So every every Christmas morning at four a.m., we would we would get together at my office in Granada Hills or Northridge, and we did this for ten years. And we would go with started with like ten of us, ended up being with one hundred and fifty of us. We'd go to uh, Skid Row. We'd be there by five thirty six o'clock Christmas morning. Yeah, and then we would take pillows, blankets, toothpaste, toothbrush. We'd go to the McDonald's down the street by few hundred, you know, cheeseburgers, whatever it is. We'd take them in the morning, and we'd spend two hours with those guys. And it was a paradigm shift type of an experience to be around them and talking to them. Yeah. Hey, how, how did you end up here? Are you trying to get out? What caused you to get here? What was the turning point? Just conversation-wise. And you'd be amazed. A lot of them have different stories, and some of them chose this life. Mm-hmm. It's what very do you mean chose this life? Meaning not chose it like they want to be homeless. It's... You know, of course, some of them was bad decisions. There was one family that was a former accountant, and he was doing very well for himself, some bad decisions. His family was there. But it's a variety of different stories. But some, eventually, this becomes their life. This is kind of the life but they it's also, live. it's a lot. You're in the military. A lot of vets and yeah. who have serious PTSD. A lot of vets. A, yeah. a lot of addicts. Um you know, it's 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 a sad situation, but either way, like I said, it's something's got to be done so yeah. that people feel safe and and that they're safe. So and yeah, jo- and George, Car- so yeah, go ahead. Oh, George Carlin, one one my favorite comedian of all time, said, you know, they worry about the war and everything, but they don't. There's nothing to help homelessness. There's no war. There's war in you know everything, but there's never a war on homelessness because there's no money in it for them to help. These yeah. people, he goes. You find a way for these corporations to make money. Homelessness is 
cleaned up. Like well, the, the great podcast. Enjoyed it. Doug, appreciate you for coming Thank out. You. Thanks for having can me. Can you tell the audience about your podcast? We're going to put the links below as well so they sure. can find you. I got Victory the Podcast, which uh, is with two of the guys from Entourage. But we, we do all sorts of stuff there. Mark Cuban's been on, you know, the DK Metcalf, Julius Randall. But we talk Entourage and, and other stuff. And I also have a podcast, Ramble On, which is... Uh, the uh, official podcast of my unofficial show, Ramble On, and uh, we talk about the whole process of making an independent pilot, financing it, casting it, and the whole thing. So Awesome. Let's put that link below, brother. Appreciate you for coming out. Tell me this is our last podcast of the week. I hope so. I have a podcast this <laughs> afternoon. You've got a podcast for you? Yeah, we got No, no. Sauce we, we, finished, we left here at 1 o'clock last night. We were here at 1 o'clock in the morning, too, when we finished up. And yesterday, we did a few of them. So you got one today? Yes, 4 o'clock. <clears throat> Natalia and I, Sauscast, only here on VT. Okay, fantastic. Jedediah have a great alive. weekend, everybody. One. Jedediah's got one at 1 o'clock. And Vinny's got oh, a funny new sketch. I got, I got a new sketch that we just... As a vampire, a vegan, vegan vampire. The first vegan vampire. Hilarious. He's obviously full of shit, so... Hilarious. Anyways, take care, everybody. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Thanks, guys.